in the first however long it takes you because uh, i'm certain it's different for everyone like you're trying to figure out why the fuck this person is the way that they are and how you're supposed to like maneuver and navigate around them acting like that because some of the shit that they do really pisses you off and you're like should i even be here for this you know crazy that like this is going to be his third time yeah that they're that they're just repeats like that so far you've been doing it so long that you have people that have been on three or four times you've uh you've created your own universe here earl's world it's pretty cool earl's world yeah there you go that's something to be proud of man a community um i was always on the way to work hold on let me pull something first since you like, closer since you're relaxed. Yeah, yeah there we go um i was on the way to work and I had played Love Yours, <laughs> and I I thought about, you know, you and, and me sort of in tandem rapping that, yeah. uh, you know, some of the lyrics for the, for Keon, um, and I was just like, man, I, I need Brad's energy <laughs> around. I, I got to hit him up, so I, I texted Keon, and I was like, yo, you got to send me Brad's number. Uh, I was so excited when I got your text. I was like, yeah, what did I respond? Like, two minutes. I was like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> in, per- in particular, it was, uh, I told him, because uh, then I, he had called me later on, and I was like, we were talking to Brad one time, and we asked Brad, I think it may have been Keon, a, a very particular question, which was, if you could pass down something to your children, what would it be? Do you remember what your answer was by any chance? I don't. Your answer was perspective. Because you you grew up around some people that, you know, if, like whether it be at college or whatever, and, you know, you guys had money for beer and mm-hmm. things like that. Like there would be other people that were made fun of for not having said things mm-hmm. or Correct. those resources. And you didn't want your children to be those people yeah. uh, making fun of other people for not having. Exactly. And I was like, that's a real nigga answer <laughs> if I've ever heard one to a question like that. And I was just like, yo, Brett, he's got to come back. Uh, I appreciate it, man. I was I was uh, I was itching for the chance. And yeah, even with the perspective, not even making fun of kids just not having that comprehension. Yeah. yeah some yeah. people that don't have it like that. It's just like. <laughs> Come on. No matter how we grow up, we have to be aware of what's around us and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's why I love Manassas. Oh. (laughs) Wait, for people that won't understand that, what are you saying exactly? It's just a a melting pot of everything. Whatever you need, whatever you want. You know, there's, you got good old boys. You have uh, every ethnicity. uh, You know, you have people from El Salvador. You have black. You have white. You have everything. And everyone gets along and Mm. fucks with each other. And it's just... It's yeah. a vibe. It's a uh, it's its own little cultural pocket. I think. Yeah. In the area. Yeah. We don't we don't understand exactly how like blessed we are until mm-hmm. people from other places come here and they're like, because I've talked to some people like, oh yeah, I'm from this place in Connecticut or yeah. Delaware or mm-hmm. some shit like that, and you know not to shit on those places. I don't know what it's like over <laughs> there, but they're like, it is just they just look like me up there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Yep. Like, so I came here and it's like, oh shit, like, there's so many more things going on. Um, was there anything 
Is there anything in particular that you feel like you could do to pass that on? Or is it just maybe simply them growing up in a place? It's a little bit of both. You know, you only you only have but so much influence on your kids to a point. I think my kids, I have a four, two and a half and two month old. <sighs> so there's yeah, we're we're fighting. The two months year old. Oh, two wow. months just out here. Yeah, yeah. Kill wow. Uh, so we're in the thick of it. Yeah. We, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. Four, two and two months does sound like <laughs> yeah, quite a yeah, lot yeah, of energy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Energy going always. Uh, but they're they're awesome. They're fucking awesome. Um but I think as a parent, you only you can, you know, depart and influence on your kids so much until a certain point. Like right now, dude, they're like little imprinted ducks. Whatever I say, whatever I do, they follow you around. But, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, once they start making friends and it's going to be their perspectives and stuff like that. So uh, I think you can build the foundation. You know, things I try to do with them now is explain things to them. You know, when they ask questions, uh, try to give them the why behind it so that they can kind of understand and where it's coming from. Um, you know, when we talk about work, I try to express the value that every job has. My son right now, since he could talk, has wanted to be a trash man, wants to be a trash man when he grows up. And I'm like, hell yeah, man, they're helping people. They're out here every day. That's an important job. You know how much disease would be running around. So just important and pressing all those different perspectives and all those different whys behind everything. Um, And even when my wife like posted on his first day of school one time that he wanted to be a trash man and some dude commented was like, well, hopefully we can have some higher aspirations than that. And I'm like, bro, fuck off. First of all, he's two. <laughs> fuck off. He's two. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And if he wants to be a trash man, we're going to be the best trash can. We're going to be running from, you know, we're going to be running from the truck back and forth. We're going to be killing it. Yeah. We're going to start driving the truck soon. We'll start managing some people. That's a mm. hell of a career. Yeah. So. When you say some, do you know this dude? Or it was a friend of a, it's a friend of my wife's family. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This is some dude. Like, hopefully just, we have some higher. Very like, damn. Yeah. yeah. That is interesting, huh? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. You know, I was listening to this audiobook. I didn't finish it. It was called Bullshit Jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was essentially about the creation of jobs that truly have no real function in in this consumerist sort Email of economy. Jobs. Yeah, there's just like yeah. you just get caught like do like just doing things that the person before you or after you really mm-hmm. could do. Mm-hmm. Like it's essentially yeah. they just made you a job. You know yeah. what I mean? Just to fill office spaces. You're a widget almost and just the piece. You keep things going. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there like that. Um and how people feel very like just meaningless doing the mm-hmm. just having mm-hmm. a job where you go in and really do nothing mm-hmm. all day long, yeah. even though you're getting paid to do nothing. It sounds There's like, like a dream. Yeah, it sounds like a dream, yeah. but then you're in there yeah. feeling like your time is just yeah. completely being wasted. Exactly. And in that, they talked about how some in some weird way, we started to frown upon the people that work hard. Like in like yep. like in and, and I guess that's something that's been I mean, as old as time now that I think about it, like my aunt was telling me how she loves British TV mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, blue bloods, people that have had money for generations and generations. It's been frowned upon to work yeah. like you don't work. Your money makes money mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. You go to tea parties and hang out and yep. whatever the fuck else you do. So it's it's interesting that like working and working hard, like doing janitorial work, yeah. something that, like you said, keeps disease at bay, keeps Way places more than what I do. nice. <laughs> yeah. like, because, it, like, the last thing you, you want is that motherfucker not showing up 
yep. for his job. Because yep. now that's the most important <laughs> job in the place. You, right. Know? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, it's it's interesting yep. how that flip flops, yep. how we treat people that way. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I don't know where the shift came from. I mean, I guess it's like you said, you know, the, the old money, it's, it's frowned upon to work. And I guess that filters down through society. And we all want to look up to the next class above us and think that's who we are. Um, but yeah, some of those jobs, it's the most important stuff. Plus you can make hell of a living doing a lot of that stuff. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, that's a good way. If people are thinking are, are interested in like being business owners and doing their own thing, you learn a trade, you learn a craft, you can take that anywhere, you know, start up and get it big enough. And then you start training people how to do it and then they do it for you. And then you managing things and then yeah, it goes from there. My dad, he used to run this this business called My Local Merchants. So mm-hmm. he would uh, he would do his door to door shit. Like he would just go to the local stores and stuff in mm-hmm. the area, and he'd go up to the place and talk to them and ask them about their marketing and yep. what what it was like and what they were doing. And most places didn't have any sort of marketing going on. Mm-hmm. And so he was taking it door to door. He was. He was the person. Hustling. He, yeah, he's Hustling, always man. been a hustler. Yeah. But he he was the, the one making those little door knockers that, you know, just. I was gonna, I feel like I've heard of the, my local merchant before. Yeah, they're like. <laughs> they're making that, maybe I'm making that up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they just hang on the doorknobs, you okay. know. And he was on that early. And my brother and I, we were super duper young yeah. doing that shit with him, yeah. like alongside him, very young. Mm-hmm. And we would just fill up our backpacks that he also created uh, and we would just fill him up with all these door knockers. And like looking back, he took us into the hoodiest (laughs) of hoods to go and put these things places. But I guess in his mind, it was like he wanted to find some, some seamless way of giving us perspective of like, See, this ain't like when y'all go home, mm-hmm. is it? Like yeah. this isn't this isn't like that. Yep. These pissy hallways, mm-hmm. newspapers everywhere, mm-hmm. the dudes on a stoop doing yeah, whatever happy. it is they're doing. Yep. But it seemed to him, at least in those days, like hoods were a little different, where it seemed mm-hmm. like they weren't they weren't fitting to really disturb these young boys exactly. running around clearly just doing some work. Unwritten like, code. Yeah, like they just out there trying to sell drugs or whatever yeah. it is they're doing. They're not really worried. Yeah. Um and so that was one of the ways I remember him doing it. I guess also for my little sister, he would just, he wasn't taking on those sort of excursions. She came up later on in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he would just drive, he would just take routes home, you know, from D.C. to just oh, show yeah, yeah. her, you know, where Every him side. and I, where him, my brother and I were running around doing door knocking. Mm-hmm. But those sort of rough places just to give that sort of perspective is just like, when because they're going to, we're going to, keep cutting corners and go home. We're going to take some roads. And by the time we get back to our neighborhood, just the whole vision is going to change. Yeah. And you're going to be like, whoa, mm-hmm. like what the fuck is going on? That's so weird that you can just cut a few corners yeah. and that shit is over there. Blocks away. You know, yeah. so so I think that that's a real ass answer that you came yeah. up with. Well, and I, I, appreciate that, I think yeah. that that's extremely important. Yeah, well, it's an everyday struggle. So that's what I'm trying to do with these kids. But yeah. um, we'll see how it turns out. What's going on with you recently in life? I mean, I guess you just... Yeah, just had a baby. uh, Still trying to grow this business. Uh, It's it's definitely a a challenge. It's a fun challenge. Um, But it's an every day. That's what I've realized over the past couple of years. Every single day you got to bring it. Um, Because yesterday doesn't mean shit. Um, Mm. So that... um, 
Yeah, just enjoying my family, enjoying my time with my wife when we get it. So (laughs) (laughs) when we get the time. Yeah. What is uh, raising three like right now? Like how are you, how do you manage? Are are you like the type to write stuff down like blocks of time and calendars? Is that like your wife is doing that or? I am from a, I learned to be that way. So that's not my natural tendency. Now, every day you look at my calendar, everything's kind of blocked off between meetings or planning time or whatever it may be. But that's learned behavior. But my wife is naturally like that. So she kind of takes the lead with that when it comes to the kids. Um, So we do have them on pretty good schedules. You know, they wake up around seven. This goes for the older two. The baby does whatever the fuck he wants. Right. Uh, The older two probably wake up seven, seven thirty. Uh, you know, eat breakfast, take the older one to school, mom and the younger one do whatever they do, come home for lunch. That's when I'll take my break. Um, I work from home, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll take my break at lunch, get them lunch together, put them down for naps. And then uh, they'll do their thing in the afternoon. I'll go back to work till 530 or so, get off, do dinner, bedtimes, all that stuff. Um, so it's a, it's a lot, but yeah, we try to keep it pretty consistent and day to day. And then you just got to realize, like, you just got to drop your expectations. Uh, <laughs> that's that's, really that's number one. You can't expect shit to happen when you're thinking, when you want it to happen, when you think it's going to happen. That's just got to go out the door. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny. So just seeing how they're growing and you learn, you learn so much about yourself when you have your kids. Cause you really learn to, uh, I don't know about you, but you, you, but for myself, you know, you come up and you think these things about yourself and you're like, Oh my, why, why did my parents raise me this way? Or why did this thing work out? Or mm. is this just who I am? Or basically what's nature versus what's nurture. Okay. Uh, so I think you get a lot of reinforcement through your kids about yourself. Like, okay, they're the same way. So that must just be how I'm born with it. Or, all right, I see this is how they are. But this is how I'm going to parent that perspective mm. of them to try to make it a strength rather than a weakness or something like that. Mm. Um, so you really learn a lot about yourself and uh, through your kids, which I think is pretty uh, fascinating. Do you feel like in any of those ways? Okay, so all right, so some ways you you feel like all right, maybe that was just born in me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then in your redirecting or guidance of them to try to make some of these things a, more of a strength and a weakness, mm-hmm. do you? ever look I mean maybe you don't even have the time to do this but do you ever think all right well maybe I can maybe now that I better understand this about myself can I redirect or can I guide something in myself Mm -hmm. to to change it basically should I can I take my own advice yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah yeah I try to you know um like even with my son. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a very chill, laid back person, non-confrontational by nature. And, you know, in my growing up, you know, up until probably a few years ago, that would lend me to probably get taken advantage of or, mm. you know, uh, not be put in the best situations. So obviously that's an impetus. I see that my son has that same nature. I want to make sure that that's going to be that's not something that he's going to let happen to him. I still want him to be the same relaxed, chill demeanor, because I think that's a beautiful quality about him. But at the same time, we got to make sure we're standing up for ourselves when we need to. Uh, And obviously, that's something I've done a lot better for myself. And, you know, past five, 10 years as I've become an adult um, that I'm uh, that just kind of gets reinforced Mm -hmm. uh, through it with my son, because uh, it is easy to backslide. Yeah. Into those old habits. So if I'm constantly reinforcing it in him, it by nature gets reinforced myself. Yeah. 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 yeah so Damn. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I guess like just being a mentor is not just good for the mentee. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really it, good for the mentor himself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It feeds the soul. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right on. It's wild shit. What's story time like? You do story time? <sighs> Bro, you what are they what are they reading? Are you reading like the classics? Let me <laughs> get right, some so, wind going in. Yeah, yeah so uh yeah, we read the books and stuff like that, but me my son likes me to make up stories. Oh, like, <laughs> he wants the shits off the dome, bro. bro. He wants the most, like, fucking realistic <laughs> slice of life stories. <laughs> like, Daddy, can you tell me a story about us going to Target? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, yeah, bet. Uh, I'm like, all right. Uh, one day we went to Target. And he's like, no, 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 no. One day... Uh, mommy said, Daddy, we need some pasta. So Daddy said, let's go to Target. Bowen, do you want to come with me? And then we got the keys. But first we had to put on your shoes. And then you bucked me in my... So he wants every minutiae uh, just described and orated to him. And it's it's, it's so fascinating. <laughs> He's like, Daddy tells the best stories. And I'm like, I'm, yeah, I guess. Uh, but we're literally like, like, I'll tell him this story. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Daddy, today he went to Earl's and we, we walked in and we... We talked and then we sat in the podcast and there was these cool microphone, you know, yeah. and he'll eat every detail about that up and then I'll talk about it for the next few weeks. That's and then we'll expand on that story the next day. So it's funny. And how old is this one? He's four. He That's just turned four. four. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Um, my, my nephew will be here in, he'll be on the planet uh, in, in March, oh, I believe, I believe. And I was asking the mother if like how if she has any thoughts about education and mm. things like that going forward because I, I you know I don't know just how in detail people think about mm-hmm. who their child is going to be and all that sort of stuff. But she said she was interested in the Montessori yeah. ways of, of thinking, you know, and uh, just kind of trying to see, let him be the guide a mm-hmm. little bit, like mm-hmm. figure out what he's interested in. Yeah. And I'm listening to you talk about this, this kid that just loves stories. Uh, What do you, do you get anything from that? Like, do you think he's like his interest in stories like this? Do you think that like, I don't know. Do you think anything of it at all? Yeah. I think it says, uh, I think it's, he has a, he has an engineer's mind Mm. from what I've seen. So I think he just likes to connect the dots and know about the little details. Like, like you would, like if you were doing like a specificate you're you know, you open directions and you see these blueprints. So I think that's kind of how he's seeing this stuff. And, um, yeah, cause he's interested in like the layout. Exactly. He's just like, no, we didn't just go to target. Yeah. Mom needed pasta, exactly. which then caused this next thing exactly. to happen. So why yeah. did this happen? And, you know, as he's discovering the world and, you know, think back to when you were a kid and you the crazy shit you would think when you saw something standard happen. Uh, so he just wants an explanation of that. So I think that's maybe where these stories come from is maybe it's explaining some of the stuff that he had questions about throughout the day or something. like Yeah. That. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He's a fascinating little dude. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably never know what, what this is like, but, <laughs> but uh, kids are a trip. You know, Keon started taking care of uh, Jacory full time. Mm-hmm. He was saying that he would also have critiques, you know, prior to him uh, having full time custody and, uh, you know, the other side of the parenting. Mm. 
And he was just like, yeah, man, no, this shit's hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. You forgive, <laughs> at least me, I forgave my parents for a lot of shit. Uh, <laughs> for my childhood. Trafficking. Like, uh, kids' sports games are so fucking boring, dude. And I am just praying <laughs> for cancellations every soccer game. I'm like, please let it rain, man. Please let it fucking rain. And like, it was raining like this one time, and they did not cancel the game yeah. for four year olds. I what said, what the fuck are we? Soccer? Soccer. Yeah. I'm like, what the f- What are we doing out here, y'all? Yeah. Why are we out here? No, you don't want to be here, right? You don't want to be here? None of us want to be here? Why are we out here? Right. Uh, it's like, it's not, yeah. it's not that impressive. And it's so inconvenient. It's like six o'clock practices on a Tuesday. Like, dude, I'm, I'm trying to eat dinner. Like, right. Uh, so I get it. I get that stuff now. Yeah. As I'm on the other side of it. But yeah, parenting is hard. It's a, it's a wild challenge. Yeah. I, uh, I liken... Um, talking about taking advice, um, JP, you know, JP, JP Boyce, curly head, I'm not sure, fair skinned woman. Uh, she, okay. Anyway, yeah, she would have been many years actually, I guess, beneath you because she was a couple beneath me. Uh, but she's been working with, with children, especially special needs children for a while. And, um, she says that it's very easy for her to play with children because for whatever reason or another, she's really good with improvisation. Mm. So whatever the kid is thinking or whatever Mm. world they're cooking up at that moment, she's in it. She's whatever you talking about. That's what I'm talking about too. Um, And I found that thinking about adults like children Mm -hmm. helps a lot. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, and I wonder if you uh, if you have found yourself being more patient with with adults, mm. maybe seeing some of the same uh, some of the, some similarities between young children and adults sometimes, yeah. and being like, oh, you just yeah, whatever. The number one thing that it has helped me with, uh, I was always, I've always been a pretty patient person, so not too much there. But as I explain things and walk things through, and I have realized, oh shit, I told this motherfucker this thing one time. I should probably tell them five more times mm-hmm. so that it really sticks. Uh, so that has helped me a lot at yeah. work, uh, yeah. just breaking things down very simply, reiterating things, going over the same thing four or five, six times. Uh, you know, being more patient in the fact that like I might seek to understand if someone does something wrong or if they're doing something I don't agree with, I'll come in from a perspective of seeking to understand why they did that instead of just like assuming that they're doing the worst. Yeah. Um, so in those ways, it's helped me when dealing with adults. Assuming so, that they're doing the worst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> These are wisdoms. These are deep wisdoms. Yeah. yeah never. Attribute to malice what you could rightly attribute to incompetence. Bingo, bingo. That's so true. Um, especially my line of work. You know, I do recruiting and, <coughs> excuse me, we work with candidates that are, um, they have very specialized skill sets. They have security clearances and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they just have so many options. So it's really hard to dig in to know what they're thinking. Are they really going to go with my opportunity? Are they playing us for something else? Um, and just digging into those deals uh, and trying to learn where people are coming from and, and speaking to them uh, and just trying to, you know, uh, be aware of their motivations. Mm. Um, and, you know, are they just being incompetent? Are they not getting back to me because they are a poor communicator or are they not getting back to me because they're just trying to get an offer later for me so that they can take it back to their job and get more money or whatever? Mm. Um, and I'm not a priority for them, basically. Yeah. 
So trying to mm. work on those things. Yeah, a lot of people have those issues. I <clears throat> like I hear those words and that maps on to like personal relationships mm. that I hear about. Like, trying to understand someone's mm-hmm. trying to intuit someone's mm. real intentions. Yeah. And yeah, that that can that can be a tricky one. Um something I learned from Malcolm Gladwell in, in the book Talking with Strangers mm. is just how how horrible we can be at judging other people. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just how off we can be. And I think one thing that he says that he has learned probably more salient uh, than, than anything else is that he has to give people time. Like he won't, mm-hmm. he won't trust himself about how he feels about someone yeah. like the first mm-hmm. or second mm-hmm. time he mm-hmm. sees them. Like he has to give them more and more mm-hmm. time and be around them more. You, I don't know how much of a, that opportunity you have and the job you have, like you might have to be moving like at a quicker pace yeah, than yeah. to just be giving people <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't a whole lot of, yeah, a whole lot of time to hang out. Um, but I've definitely tried to be more open to that when it comes to human beings in life. Is, uh, is talking to strangers. Is that the one where he, they analyzed, I think it was Amanda Knox, the girl that killed her roommate or allegedly killed her roommate in Italy. Uh, and, yeah. And they went through the whole thing and she was essentially found guilty because she had rest, resting bitch face. And they were like, you're not sympathetic. You clearly did this. You have no mercy. Da, 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 da. And he's like, judging somebody from their facial expressions and body language is top five worst ways to do it. Ever. Yeah. You know, just went into all the signs. Yeah. That. Yeah. There's like a lot of myth. Like people watch like some myth busters yeah. and, and, and like some interesting sensationalized things yeah. about facial expressions. Exactly. And they're like, Oh, I can tell yeah. when someone's lying and when mm-hmm. they're doing all this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, you're not like that. Yeah. Like you're really not. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you're not a detective. You're really not. It's interesting. Like the things you think you're reading off mm-hmm. of somebody and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're just off. They're just cold right now. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever the case is. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. And back to my job, it's like uh, you can't put too much stock in the way to what people say. Um, you know, one of my sayings I tell myself is just everything is bullshit until it's not. Mm. Uh, so people are going to tell you anything that they need to tell you to get the deal through the door, to get the offer letter, to get the interview set up, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and that's on the candidate side and on my client side, you know, the companies with the jobs. Um, and it's all bullshit until the stuff's actually happened, until the people are sitting down and meeting each other, until an offer letter is signed, until you have shown up for your first day of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all bullshit. I had a lady at, <laughs> a couple months ago. My girl, we were, dude, we were bonding. I was like, this lady is cool. We're talking weekend plans. She's like, oh, Brad, I'm going to the farmer's market. She's like, you know what? I, she's telling me like how she how she prepares her stews for the next week. She's Damn. like, I buy 10 pounds of this and that. And I put it in and my grandbabies love it. I'm like, oh, we're locked in. She's yeah. taking this job. The day before she's supposed to start work. Funny, the day my son was born, uh, the day before she was supposed to start work, she sends an email and she's like, oh, I can't take this position anymore. Mm. I'm like, I thought we were cool, man. I thought we were tight. <laughs> I thought you would at least, I thought we had established a relationship yeah. enough to the point where you at least tell me, you know, a couple weeks in advance and give us some time to figure something out. Um, that, was that it? There was no explanation? I mean, I mean, I called her and she was, they, they her company offered her more money. Oh, okay. Um, and I mean, she was, you know, she was answered my calls and, you know, didn't ghost me or anything like that. Yeah. So I have nothing bad to say about her in that regard. Yeah. That was just kind of a reinforcement of the lesson. Everything everyone tells you is bullshit until it's not. Yeah. You can have this awesome bond and really like a person and really think you built this relationship, but everyone's going to do what they need to do for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's it kind of in a nutshell with what I was trying to explain to some people because uh, 
I just had like a trio of people tell me I had trust issues the other day mm-hmm. at <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> work. I thought it was the funniest assessment because like yeah. they all they were all on board. They were just like, oh yeah, for sure. I knew that as soon as I saw them. And like they were, yeah. I was like, whoa. Well, I, was like, <laughs> I, could, I could spot them all. I was like, what is this thing that's going on yeah. between you guys? And they were just like, you don't you don't believe that people like are gonna follow through with like mm. plans and things that they say they're gonna do like until they do them. And I was like. Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah. like, I was like, I was like, wait a Look minute. Look at the evidence. I was like, so y'all, because because what they were like, they were just like, damn, man, like, who hurt you? <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait. I was like, so when someone says they're going to do something, I was like, y'all just, y'all absolutely believe them? Yeah. I was Are like, they for, younger? I was like, yeah. That's the thing with age. Yeah, yeah you know, they haven't been hurt enough. I was like, for real? I was like, I was like, so do y'all feel like, there are probably millions of New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. made yearly. It was like, yeah. how many of those do you <laughs> exactly. think are followed through with? And yeah. I was like, and I'm not even saying that these are bad people. I'm mm-hmm. not even saying that just people are like ain't shit. Yeah. I'm just saying there are ebbs and flows. Like people feel different things, or exactly. like you said, different opportunities arise. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you, like, yeah, you can't I, take things personally too. Yeah, everyone, everyone's mm-hmm. gonna look out for themselves at the end of the day, which is what you're supposed to do, I guess. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch tra- Game of Thrones? I did not. Okay, no. Um, One of my favorite characters, Tyrion. He was uh-huh. a small guy. He was, uh, he was like the wisest of like just everybody. And yeah. I just loved him, but. Someone had asked him if he trusts people, and he was like, I trust that people are going to do what's best for them. Yeah, exactly. So I play to that. And he's one of the only motherfuckers that made it to the end of Mm -hmm. the the film. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. You were about to say something. I cut you off. Uh, I I lost the thought. Mm. No worries. But yeah, people uh, people are interesting. Um, You can't control them. You cannot control people. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Even when people, some people are going to tell you, what you want to hear and then do whatever they need to do. And some people will be keep it real with you and tell you to fuck off in the beginning, which I prefer. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That control aspect is, is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Wanting to control people, wanting to control things. Yeah. The, um, I was reading this book about the Lakers, about the Shaq Kobe Lakers. And they were talking, uh, I think it was a quote from Phil Jackson. He was talking about the frustrations with Shaq and Kobe individually. He was like, uh, the frustrating thing about Shaq is you'll ask him to do something. And you'll say, hey, big fellow, we need you to rebound more. Go down and rebound. Bang it up. And he'll say, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Fuck you. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then he'll do it. You know, but he's going to let you know he doesn't like it. Yeah. But then he'll go do the thing. Yeah. Uh, but then Kobe, you'll be like, Kobe, we need you to pass more. And he's like, yeah, I got you. I'm going to dish that rock. I'm going to be diamond out here. Da, 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 da. And then he goes out and doesn't pass once and shoots 30 times. <laughs> so he's like, that's the frustrating thing with both of them. And that's just people in a nutshell. You know? just people in a nutshell. That's funny. <laughs> he's just out there doing his own. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But telling you that he's going to do the yeah. thing. Yeah. That's funny as shit. Wow. Yeah, you gotta learn people, man. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you got, <laughs> you gotta learn people. Dropping those expectations. Yeah, yeah, you cannot have any expectations. Mm. You gotta lock things down with people four or five times and keep digging. Follow up. Why, why, why? 
Why are you looking for a new job? Oh, I want growth. Oh, okay. Is there anything about your current position that you can maybe improve on? Uh, well, maybe the hours, uh, you know, I don't like it. Uh, my boss kind of micromanages me. Oh, okay. What would, the, you know, what would that new position look like? Oh, I, I guess, you know, if I could work from like seven to three, seven to four, that would be great. And maybe a little bit more independence. Oh, okay. And how about salary? You know, oh, you know, if I can get, you know, five, 10 K more, I'd be really happy in a shorter commute. And now I really know what they need as opposed to just taking that first answer of, oh, they're looking for growth. No, they're mm. looking for these very specific things that will equal growth, mm. you know. Well, you you were trained on how to do this? You... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I worked at a, a company called Aerotech um, 2016. Mm. Um, worked there for a little bit, and then I took a job with a government contractor doing the same thing, doing recruiting, uh, and just kind of wanted to always build my business um, in the back of my mind. Yeah. I was eventually able to do that over COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And how's the training yourself going now? <laughs> it's going so well. I had to hire a coach <laughs> because I what I what I learned is uh, it's hard to train yourself. Um, it's really hard to it's not hard to keep yourself accountable. I think it's hard to define the standard and keep defining the standard that you need to hold yourself accountable to because mm. uh, those change um, and it's easy to slide. So, uh, yeah, I enrolled in a I'm in a, a coaching programs for people who own recruiting companies. Uh, and it's awesome. Yeah. I have like a, every week we meet twice a week. So it's like a group of like 50, you know, uh, firm owners, you know, all talking about our problems. So on Mondays, uh, we'll basically go from our, through our wins from the previous week. And then we'll plan out our, our coming up week. We fill out a form. It's called win the week. Uh, what conversations do I need to have? Uh, what projects am I trying to get done? Uh, what do I want to do on the personal side? These are the things that they're going to define a successful week for me, uh, mm. which has been really helpful. Um, and then we'll meet again on Thursdays. And that's more around mindset, professional development. Um, so keeping our mind right um, and not allowing, you know, limiting beliefs to come in or uh, not self-sabotaging ourselves and stuff like that. And then uh, once a month, I meet one on one with a mindset coach. Um, and that's kind of where we talk through like. Hey, these are my goals next month. How do I need to think about them and how do I need to approach them mm. to be positive, uh, to, to make sure I'm going to achieve them. And then I also have a coach on the business side and that's where we just talk strategy. Like, Hey, I got this deal coming up. What can I do to, to get this done? Hey, how should I approach this? Hey, I'm trying to break into this new, uh, little niche. What are some ways I can do that? Um, so yeah, the program's been awesome. Damn. But, uh, you're putting in some work. This Trying to, yeah, trying to, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to coach yourself. And what I've realized about myself too, is, you know, my, some of my most successful times in life is when I've had a coach or I've had someone holding me accountable. Mm. So it's just what I'm trying to replicate now. Mm. Having someone hold you accountable. Mm. It's big. And a big part of it too, is the peer accountability with that group. It's a whole bunch of other people that I got to report my numbers to. I'm not just reporting what I did. I'm reporting what I was supposed to do versus what I did. Mm. And I'm not trying to look like the guy that's not doing his shit. Yeah. Even though it's not like anybody's saying you're fired or anything, but it's still, you don't, you know, just the peer pressure alone works on me at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it works for a lot of people. Just <clears throat> writing all that stuff out, like knowing, mm-hmm. knowing what your <laughs> knowing what your goals are each week yeah. so that you can feel the necessary amount of failure that you need to exactly. feel. <laughs> and just the process of putting pen to paper and writing this down. Like, okay, shit, I said I was going to make 17 phone calls a day. 
and I have made four. <laughs> I would say I don't. I try not to do negative talks. So I'm not gonna say I'm a piece of shit, but yeah. I'm not doing what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing right now. Yeah. Um, like, why did I say seventeen? Exactly, is, is seventeen. Is reasonable? that re- like, yeah? That's another thing. Is this a real goal? Can I actually achieve this? How you know? Uh, what are the blockers in my way? How can I move them? Or do I need to readjust my uh, uh, my expectations and my goals around that? So. Mm. Um, and it's awful too, you know, I'll put my personal goals, I, I try to work out, you know, four times a week, I'll write that down, okay, damn, Sunday night, I need to work out, you know, because I wrote it, I said I would do it. Um, so that stuff is helpful, just little basic things. Very nice, man. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. So you're mostly, I guess, uh, orientated right now, I mean, I, I don't even know how to say, because it seems like you're pretty, it seems like you're pretty well-rounded, I mean, between like the family, the career, as well as the just exercise and fitness or yeah health i also put it wellness yeah it's all a pinwheel it all one feeds the other mm. um if i'm not working out i'm not thinking clearly i'm not getting that negative energy out especially as dudes we have a, you just have testosterone aggression sometimes you gotta lift some heavy shit or go run a long time until you're exhausted uh and if i'm not getting that out then i'm not gonna be good on the business side i'm gonna be a dick to my kids and my oh, wife. so you can like you, you oh i can feel you, the change have... <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah my wife sometimes she'll be like mm, you need to go go downstairs and take 45 minutes and work out please i'm like i don't fucking want to <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i'll come back i'm like hey honey yeah that's you, that's you being shack <laughs> yeah 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 exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's 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 phenomenal that uh i find it beautiful to when you how long have you and her been together now 2014 oh this yeah be 10 years in november yeah 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 when you when you have a counterpart like someone uh, that, yeah, that's like, my nose. I call her my zipper. Yeah, <laughs> she's you know kind of a zipper. Each, yeah, each one is halfway. You yeah, know, yeah, so we yeah. just plug in together. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, uh, that is so. It's so great. It's a beautiful thing because I guess <clears throat> for a lot of people, I ask people about dating often because I'm mm-hmm. just so fascinated yeah, yeah. by people on dates. Such an interesting like working interaction. Yeah, like working as a server. Like I see people on dates oh, often. Yeah, I'll be able to tell like it. when this is like the first one. Yeah. Like versus like oh they've been together too long uh, and they don't like each other yeah. or whatever the case is. Or you'll see the old couple that don't even talk. She's reading his book and he's yeah. eating the steak. Yeah, it, <laughs> but it, they're so happy. Yeah, I was about to say sometimes <laughs> that's you start to just see all the nuance. Yep. Like sometimes they're doing their own thing mm-hmm. and you can tell like they're happy with that. Yep. And then sometimes they're doing their own thing and they are very mm-hmm. angry with Tension. each other. You can cut it. So yeah. uh, it's all it's all those interesting things. But yeah. I guess when people are trying to figure each other out in the first however long it takes you, because uh, I'm certain it's different for everyone. Like you're trying to figure out why the fuck this person is the mm-hmm. way that they are yeah. and yeah. how you're supposed to like maneuver yeah. and navigate yeah. around them acting like that. Yeah. Because some of the shit that they do really pisses you off yeah. and you're like... Should I even be here for this? Is this something? Is this something I'm supposed to compromise on, or is yeah. this something I'm supposed to stand my ground That's a big on? Question, yeah. And so you're constantly having this thing until you start to things just start to like kind of like I don't know plateau a bit. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. for you, and you just want to be like, okay, find our groove. Now we just got a groove. I understand yeah. you being a little bit of an asshole right uh-huh. now. 
and that's okay yeah. because I know that this is just a moment for yeah. you and you just need to do X, Y, exactly. and Z to get this energy yep. out yep. or whatever the case is. For me, something, uh, <laughs> Marie, <laughs> she makes fun of me about it all the time, is that there's something, I don't know if it's like an illness or something I have or it's just like the way my mind is built, um, but she calls it sort of this philosopher's mind mm-hmm. where... I like to let myself be whatever that moment is. Um, I don't try to force anything. So like if I'm not, if I don't feel like telling jokes at that moment, like I'm not telling jokes, like I'm chilling. If I'm quiet, I'm quiet. If I'm Mm -hmm. loud, I'm loud. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm playful and trying to wrestle you on the ground and that's what I'm trying. So it's just whatever. So she has uh, had a very difficult time getting to know me throughout yeah. the course of the years. But then as of latter, the latter years has been much more fun for her to just observe me now yeah. in all of my different yep. ways. And uh, it's very interesting when she'll leave me and I'm an extremely pay- playful mood. Yeah. And then by the time she comes back, I'm like sitting by the window, like just <laughs> like, look, like just looking out, <laughs> and she's just like, oh, okay, yeah. And she'll just go in and start making some tea, or whatever, and like yep. give me my space. Yeah. And then you know, at some point in time, like now th- th- that moment's done with, and now I'm talking or yeah. whatever. And she's like, "You're just so fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like you're so funny to observe. Yeah. But it's great to to make a relationship with someone mm-hmm. like that, where mm-hmm. you know they're not just constantly perturbed by. Yeah your different states of being yourself. Exactly. And, and once you get to, once you build that good foundation, that's where you can get there. Like you said, you got to figure each other out and really learn each other. And it's like, they might do something and you're like, are they coming at me right now? And then it's like, oh, that's just how they, that's just how they were raised. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's uh but once you have that foundation, you're right. It's so funny to just observe somebody and then be like, oh, okay, they're being like this. Oh, oh you got low, low blood sugar. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, you get, let's get you snacks, things like that. <laughs> let's so, get you some snacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, yeah. even going back to the kids, my wife will say about me, she used to always get mad because sometimes I'll just, I'll get lost in my own head, lost in thought and I'll just zone out. And she could be talking to me and it's like talking to a wall. She's like, I used to get so mad at you for doing it. And then I see Bowen does the same thing. And he'll just like be staring at something for like 20 minutes or just fixated on a toy. And I'm like, yeah, he's not zoned out. He's actually zoned in. You know, he's like, like, and uh, I was like, I guess that's the same thing I'm doing. I could just never articulate it well. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, you just, it's so funny to observe and Uh, you get to compare and contrast and stuff like that. That's some cool shit. Yeah, that's wild. That's so cool. It's great when it works. Like I love yeah. when when the, like relationships work out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's beautiful because <clears throat> people cut and run all the time, you know. So yeah. like being able to have that patience and the mm-hmm. the I guess the will to sit there and like want to understand someone mm-hmm. else and I don't I don't even know what the fuck it is, dude. Like it's very weird to me. Whatever it is, the thing that connects us and the, the like yeah. the. The intuition that tells you that you ought to stick around yep, yeah. because it is worth it yeah. versus the last thing. That's so true. Like, what is that? What's that criteria? Because it's there. It's in your head. Yeah. Is it the same for everyone? Or are we? I mean, apparently not. Because some people, the first thing they negative, they'll they'll dip out on somebody. Um, like the kids these days, what do they call it? The ick. 
yeah, somebody yeah. and it's like can they can he be a human oh yeah <laughs> like can oh. she be a human like why are you backing out no wonder uh you know some people are so unhappy in every relationship they're with it's because you have these unrealistic standards you know you gotta let somebody be a human yeah. you gotta shit with the door open that's the way i like to think about it the quicker you can get to that <laughs> level to where you and your partner are like just farting around each other it's yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah cool. now i'm it. really gonna learn who you are yeah <laughs> like, for oh, sure oh, all masks are off. <laughs> you gotta shit with the door. <laughs> the quicker you get. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. It's a certain level of comfort just doing and saying dumb, wild, mm-hmm. nasty shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. And then some and then for some reason it's like just all these paradoxes of life. It's like you think that that shatters the image mm-hmm. of like love yeah, and yeah. desire for another person. Mm-hmm. For some reason. You doing some weird yeah. shit endears you, it and just endears you. It's yeah. like, oh man, yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. That's uh, I think that goes for all aspects of life too. Of just people, uh, having flaws makes you more of an endearing person. Yeah, and uh, it makes people like you better. I think. Yeah, like you know, she walk around here with the little head wrap on, like uh-huh. she's Erica Badu, <laughs> and I'll see. I was like, oh. Oh, look, look at, at you, you yeah. my little soul girl. Yeah. Yeah, I saw um, <laughs> I saw this stand up clip the other day, and it was a um, it was a black woman comedian, and she was saying how when she uh, when she hooks up with different guys, and she's like, when I go home and take my wig off, you know. Uh, I'll take my wig off if I'm with a black dude. And he'll be like, okay, little Bill, I see you. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, you know, we laugh, we have a good time. And then, you know, we do our thing in bed. And then she's like, but if I bring a white <laughs> a white guy home, uh, I take my wig off. He's like, first of all, you're beautiful, queen. <laughs> but I just want to know, why didn't you tell me you had cancer? <laughs> I was like, that's the funniest shit I heard in a minute. differences in culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh i love it i love it that's phenomenal uh yeah man it's beautiful i love yeah i love love yeah i love love i read this uh there's a book <clears throat> called daniel deronda is like one mm-hmm. of those like classic like literature like yeah. one of those like 18th century ones mm-hmm. i think it was written by Probably gonna get this wrong, but I think it was George Eliot. Okay, that whole genre is a blind spot for me. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Um, either way, it's one of these long ass, like nine hundred page mm-hmm. books. Beautiful, beautiful story. But they would always have these little excerpts um, of like some poem or some writing before every chapter, and one of them, which is the only one that I guess really struck me, said something to the effect of. How am I to know why I love this person and this person loves me Mm. aside from the fact that I am myself and they are them, Mm. you know? And I just, I pondered on that a bit because when people do talk about, there are some sensationalized words like ick, red flags, like people throw a lot, like pop pop psychology stuff. Um. You know, I heard someone recently say, like, yeah, like, girls with guy friends are a red flag. It's like, they, like, you just, you throw all these things out. It's like, all right, so every, so for every chick that he meets that has 
a positive relationship with a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like Red flag. The, Sorry, mom. You know what I'm Red saying? Flag. Like yeah. it's off. Like, yeah. and that's, that's going to be a weird thing for him. But, um, and what a limiting belief you're giving do, yourself. Oh, it's, it's like <laughs> the amount of women, all of yeah. the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Yeah. It's all the good ones. Oh, she works with a guy. Ah, like she it. she has a story about a guy. Yeah. Like I thought of, you know, for for women, it'll be like if he if he speaks about an ex, mm. and I was like, <clears throat> damn, it's wild. Like so, all of those. Past experiences, just we not. I'm not supposed to act like yeah. they even had. Like I even Do come from know it. Me? Like I'm like yeah. yeah. Like I don't even come from anywhere. Exactly. I didn't start living till I met you, yep. babe. Yeah, like, yeah. And 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 what would it say like if I spoke about these people, but I spoke about them in a beautiful light? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess to them that would be that would be the red flag. It's yeah. just like oh, so you don't even so you don't even hate that bitch. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's like no, the, we gonna egg her house right now. <laughs> yeah, like that's this. It's such a wild way to look at relationships yeah. between humans. Yeah. Uh, I can't even like get into it. I don't even scratch the surface of how crazy that is mm-hmm. to me. Um, but if you you start asking the questions of what people want out of friends or a significant other like i mean i could probably write you a, a decent list and it would fit most people it's mm-hmm. like I, I you know i'd want them to be intelligent yeah. um but not overbearingly condescending yeah. right mm-hmm. uh it'd be cool if they were creative mm-hmm. but weren't all run around loosey goosey yeah, yeah, yeah. just too artsy just too artsy yeah. and too uh I guess influenced and inspired by novelty because mm. then that just takes them at any point in time yeah. anywhere. You got to be grounded in reality. You got to be grounded in some sort of reality. But I'd love for them to be a dreamer and think mm. about things. So pretty much what they're saying is they want the yin yang. Like yeah. they just they just want perfect. a perfect human yeah. being. Yeah. Like that's what it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. I want them to be able to save money, but also want them to be okay with using exactly. money. Exactly. Everything is just exactly. going to be like you want the balanced, perfect yeah. human being. Yeah. Like okay. what is it? Six figures, six inches, six feet, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have it all yeah sure like that would be great so sure like that's great and so when you talk about those things you realize that you're not really saying shit yeah you know Mm -hmm. so then that's what leads you back to what is that thing that that really draws you to someone and makes you think like man i really ought to stick around like because you're not really all of those things no one is (laughs) you know and the sooner you realize that in a relationship you you know one thing a big revelation for me in my relationship i'm not gonna say this without sounding like an idiot (laughs) (laughs) my wife's my best friend right love but my wife's not one of the boys I guess that's a way that you would put it. Yeah. You that's two different things. And there's certain things I'm not going to go with her to her with. Not that I would ever, you know, not that I hide anything, but there's just certain things that I'm not gonna gonna get from her. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna go to her to chop it up. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna send her these stupid videos. I'm not gonna do X, Y, and Z. I'm not gonna send her a motivational text in the morning. You know, I'm not gonna <laughs> just talk about baby how much I just lifted, you know. <laughs> uh, shit like that. Um once you realize that the, you're just not getting all that from one person, 
And these are the things that you can expect from this person, this partner, and these are the things that truly matter. Are we aligned on these values? Are we aligned on this, you know, somewhat, are we somewhat aligned on this overall vision of what we, what we want for our life? Okay, cool. Let's fill in the pieces from there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Allowing relationships to be like what they are with that particular individual. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are things where my wife and I, like, we watch trashy reality tv that's our shit oh yeah well, like what, what uh, are you watching? Bro, i saw what are something on a roku television it was a uh reptile dynasty or some shit like that or <laughs> reptiles they make everything yeah you know? and, and everything for everyone uh what are we watching we love love after lockup uh <laughs> i said it's so I funny this because proud. I said this it's so funny because like proud as hell they were regardless of if you ever watch any of these because clearly you I'm, know what it is you, you know, know what it is Love after lockup. Yeah, love after lockup. What is the premise? You know, there's no explaining this show. Uh, And that one in particular, that one they had a dude from Manassas, so they were shooting all over Manassas, which was awesome. Um, And it's like your typical trash reality TV, but there's like one producer on it who I'm getting. This is my theory in my head. Who is just like. I'm going to wake y'all up because you've been sleeping. Mm. And he'll just randomly, there'll be like these like four minute segments of the show that are just super deep and like very inspired filmmaking type <laughs> shit. And then it'll just cut back to this trash. Like uh, there was one of the people was deaf on there. Yeah. And um, she was trying to figure out when her, her man getting out of prison and she's deaf. So she can't, it's hard for her to communicate. So she's meeting with this lawyer and she's, you see her getting frustrated and then they just cut the sound. And it's like now you're in her perspective. There's all you hear is like slight ruffling of paper and kind of mumbling. And they're explaining this really important shit. And she has no idea what's going on. And you could I could feel the anxiety. I was getting anxious. I was like, yo, this is some next level shit right here, you know. (laughs) And then the next scene, it's like people fighting, you know, outside the fucking chilies. Got to. Uh, But yeah, so that's a show that we watch. Um, Bachelor in Paradise. That's that's always a good one. That's one's always going to hit. all love is blind all those netflix ones uh, yeah, yeah so the, the, i think i've either seen that or i've just heard a lot of people yeah, talk about the worse it. they make the human race the better for us yeah for so, yeah gotcha um but now it's good it just we just laugh yeah fun. i know there's one about uh i think people <clears throat> like autistic people i think yeah my wife is like an that australian one. one yeah that one's actually awesome okay um, it's cool uh these people be living their lives man they're, they're killing it um what about them like falling in love too was she watched um, but uh, people talk shit on this is my soliloquy on reality TV. People talk shit on reality TV, like, oh, that's trash. What are you getting from it? And it's like, exactly, dude. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to consume anything mm-hmm. thoughtful. I'm not going to television to awaken myself first. Of all. <laughs> to awaken myself, <laughs> you know, to I'll, find enlightenment. I'll go read a book or yeah. something. Uh, I'm going here to shut my brain off. Okay, mm-hmm. So that's, that's the value I yeah. get from it. Interestingly enough, um, a friend of mine got me this this book. It, it's so weird that he got it for me because I haven't known him for long. Uh, but I guess he just, and he doesn't know much about Taoism, mm-hmm. but he just, for some reason, thought Earl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he purchased it for my birthday. It just passed. And I just finished it. And he did a good job. That yeah, was, that was, that was yeah, a good gift. Yeah, yeah, that was a good gift. Nice. Uh, but it a lot of that is the perspective of the... Sort of anti hyper intellectualized mm. world that we've become so accustomed to mm. in the West, um, and more so a letting go, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so 
<clears throat> so it's oh, whoops. so it's funny that you say that, but like I'm not trying to find enlightenment through that. <laughs> when there's there's a, a whole philosophy that people play. feel like sometimes that's where you actually need to go yeah. in order to do it is just to allow the experience to take place mm-hmm. regardless of what it is and that it doesn't have to be categorized as a good or a bad thing. Yeah. It can just live. It can just be. And you, it, it's called the water course way. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like, it, it, the the more you talk about it, the less you get away from the actual idea of it is actually the idea of it is that it's not really meant to yeah, be. meta shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but that the best way to understand it is to is to observe and to think and be one with water. Okay, in a sense, in yeah. that every moment is you're just you are the stream as the stream is you, and there's no mm. there's no differencing between the mm. two, differentiating mm. between the two, in that uh, whatever the moment or you know brings and presents you interact with that as naturally as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And that is in some sense, the way of the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's, it's not trying to go and read the densest of books to yeah. try to figure out what the fuck life is mm-hmm. or to try to open up your mind. Cause yeah. sometimes that only further complicates yep. life yep. and all these thoughts yep. that you have about what to do and, all these expectations people have about life. Yeah. Expectations are funny. Uh, you know, working as a server, people come into come into work and any given day you have a certain amount of covers. Those are your reservations for mm-hmm. that night. And people are very into knowing how many covers do we have tonight. Really? And I... I've never been that person. I never check the, the code. Mm-hmm. I just go and I start doing whatever side work it yeah. is that needs to be done. And, you know, and then when I get sad, I go to my table and I start serving tables. Yeah. Um, but people really want to know, like, what's the next, like, what's coming? Mm. I need to know what's coming. Uh, and this, like, constant looking forward into mm-hmm. the future mm-hmm. is a lot of the... It seems to be a lot of the, uh, I guess, blossoming of people's anxiety yep. currently, yeah. right? It's just like, what is happening? What, what's what's going to happen mm-hmm. next? Well, what's next now? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'll ask people, like, what is, the, when you go look at, like, the cover count for tonight, like, what are you trying to, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Like, once you figure that out, you know, my friends. you know, they're not letting anyone home, <laughs> yeah. right? So you're not, so no one's leaving earlier. Yeah. So this would be the people that, the people that Like other with. servers, like, oh, yeah, okay. like coworkers. I'll be like, uh, so gotcha. I see you went and just look. They're trying to get a read on, yeah, on just, how busy we are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you want to know how busy we're going to be. Yeah. You're not going home any earlier. Yeah. So I want to know, like, now what you're going to do with that information, mm-hmm. aside from go and talk shit to everyone else <laughs> about one of two things, right? Because yeah. it's, it, it's going to be a myriad of things. Oh, my gosh. We're going to be so slow today. Exactly. Oh, my God. This is going to fucking suck, yeah. guys. And yeah. you run around and you spread this, yeah, t- this miasma yep. around. Of, oh, my God. It's going to be so slow. Yep. Why yep. did they schedule so many of us? Yeah. Why are we all in here? Yeah. This is I should get a different job. Dude, I've been thinking about <laughs> it, man. Like, my bro, he knows this place over yeah. here. And, like, they're hiring. I might think, oh, dude, can you send me that name? Yeah. The name of, so they're going to have this whole conversation, right? Or... It's gonna be busy, and they're just mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, man, we're gonna be fucking, we're gonna get yeah. rocked tonight, man." I'm yeah. gonna, you know, I'm gonna make some money, and mm-hmm. it's like, all right, yeah, C- cool, I guess, yeah. 
What do you want with that? You know, people are like, I want to mentally prepare. Mm, mm. I'm like, well, tell me what that looks like. Though. Yeah. Like, tell me, like, when you were saying you're recruiting and you ask the person, oh, what, you know, what are you looking for? And they say growth. And you say, okay, well, what does that look like? And you start asking yeah. the, you know, the subsequent questions to figure out what growth means to them. It's like, okay, well, show me what mental preparation looks mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you now going yeah. to do yeah. to mentally prepare? And they're just like, well, f- now, well, I know we're going to be super busy. So now I'm, I'm, mental preparation looks like worry. I'm very worried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very worried so about tonight. Anxiety now, it's yeah. like, okay, so, you, yeah. so now you're just worrying about what is to come. Yeah. And, then if, and then again, if it's slow, then you're just like upset mm-hmm. about what is to come. Mm-hmm. It's something very fascinating about what is to come yeah. that, that we have a very, very difficult time, especially in the West, uh, taking ourselves away from. Yeah. And I think we, uh, I think a lot of people don't think they have a lot of control over what is to come as well. You mm-hmm. know, we, we, I think we have a more control over our environment uh, than we think, even in a more so the reactions to our environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I picked up in, in my mindset training is uh, dealing with anxiety and, okay, there's an issue. Um, Covers. How many covers do we have tonight? Oh, we got we got a hundred. We're, we're gonna be fucking slammed. Oh shit! I hate when we're slammed. I'm gonna be stressed about this all night. Uh, one thing with the mindset training is when you do have something like that come up, is the way you address it. First of all, you just just kind of catch it. How am I naturally gonna react to this? This fucking sucks. Okay, let me catch that feeling. All right, I'm sitting with that. Cool. That's how I initially think. And then the next thing to do is, can I take action on this in the next five minutes to make myself feel better? Yeah. Yes or no? Okay, well, yes, that would mean, all right, I'm going to quit. I'm going to walk out and I'm going to feel better. <laughs> See, boom, anxiety gone. Or, you know, the realistic answer, no, I can't take any uh, I can't take any action to make this better. It's, it's a busy night. It is what it is. Okay, I'm just going to give myself permission to release that anxiety. Just don't worry about it. Just release it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely takes training, but, you know, yeah, yeah that's one thing I think... Uh, People can do, but yeah, not take not having control. That is a not feeling like you have control over your situation. I think is a stressful thing for people. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of you know the book, as you said, is very meta. Um, so unless you've, I guess, really taken time thinking about things, it's just mm-hmm. going to sound like a book of riddles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sun Tzu says yeah, exactly, yeah. like Lao Tzu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in this case, um, in Confucius. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, feeling, realizing, acknowledging, and allowing the sense that you do not control things. You are not the controller of things, and that you are just one particle Mm. that is just in the ebb and flow Mm. of this thing. Mm -hmm. And the best thing that you can do is try to remain as present as possible to know exactly how to make it work for you in any given mm-hmm. moment or not. So know like sort of how to flow with the stream and okay. when, when you are resisting the stream itself mm-hmm. and what that feels like mm-hmm. in you and when you need to release that, um, that comes much easier for some people than, yeah. it, than it does others. Just like in, in all sorts of things, sort of like it's, it's it's a fascinating sort of philosophy to think about because I've thought about it my whole life without knowing that I was thinking about Taoism. Um, because sometimes I felt like education 
stifles like the pure enactment of something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you like someone could stumble upon something and start doing it and they would do it just in a very fluid, yep. natural way. But then if you put a bunch of these linear steps in front of them, now they're like they're thinking about those mm-hmm. linear steps as opposed to allowing themselves to just naturally yeah. do this thing. And you have to now work back to a mm-hmm. place after learning all these linear steps and thinking about them and contemplating them and doing them for years and maybe the 10,000 hours. Yeah. Now you have to get back to a place of just allowing it to happen naturally. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I've seen people especially on psychedelic drugs, shout out, yeah. shout out to Keon, um, <laughs> have a very, very difficult time letting go of control. And mm-hmm. anyone will tell you mm-hmm. if you are ever thinking about, and even possibly doing high doses of edibles, yeah. you know, if you, if you are even thinking about you're going to be the controller of this universe mm-hmm. and, and hold on to everything, and you're going to have a, a tough, mm-hmm. tough ride ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just something about that lesson that I feel like is deeply, yeah. deeply profound, yeah. too. And I think, too, with something people can do to help let go of the control, going back to defining, define what I can control yeah. in certain situations. I can control my temperament. I can control if I have a smile on my face. I can control if I fucking smell good or bad or if I have nice shoes. Let me control those things. And then if I really need control, boom, I have control of this. And now I can kind of go with it, you mm-hmm. know, wherever else that we can take me. Because I know this person within this, you know, confi- confines, I'm controlling this. So I'm fine with whatever else is going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Redefining what you can, what you can control. Um, My lady, one of the things that she will send me in the morning, because she, she enjoys... Uh, Sam Harris, who's a mm-hmm. neuroscientist and <clears throat> moral philosopher and huge proponent of meditation. And she takes his waking up app. It's a really cool app, by the way, because it's a meditational app. He has a bunch of uh, what do you call those things when people just talk for a long time? Um, it doesn't fucking matter. He talks for a long time. Podcast. It, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two. But uh, I think they're just like little dialogues that yeah. he'll put up. And um. The app, you can pay for it. He he requests that you at least contemplate donating, mm. but he doesn't want a lack of money to be the reason why someone can't participate. So yeah. if you email, you know, the him or whoever's running that app that you can't pay for it, they'll give it to you for free yeah. for a year. Kind of assign your own value to what, what it is. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like one of those trust... Uh, Trust-based systems when you go to like a uh, like a national park or yeah, something yeah. like that, and it's like just drop some cash yeah, here, yeah, please, exactly. if you can. It's yeah. going to help us, uh, you know, maintain mm-hmm. this, which most people just walk past. And yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she sent me one the other day. And funny enough, I was just having a conversation about superpowers with someone. But it is interesting observing what does seem to be like the closest thing to superpowers that human beings can achieve. And the, the noticing, as you were just speaking about the noticing of one's own emotions arising Mm. and being able to observe them and do what need be done with them as opposed to becoming it. Such a game changer when you can do it. It's, 
it, that's a superpower yeah. because you realize that most of the time you're walking around in a world where people, they just become mm-hmm. the emotion that arises. Yep. They just become sad. They say, mm. this person made me sad. Yeah. This person made yeah, exactly. me angry. They So you're just a slave mm-hmm. to whatever emotion arises yep. next as opposed to being able to have it arise, mm-hmm. observe it, say, oh, I am experiencing exactly. anger right now. Like, okay. This is here. Like, do what do I want to do with it? Yep. You know, do I need to let this pass? Do I need to do I need to redirect this somehow? Yeah. How can I yeah. sort of judo this energy mm-hmm. and make it work for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too is a, a big thing is like you said, you have to accept it first. You can't you can't resist it. You can't fight it off. Oh, why am I angry? I'm not supposed to be angry now. Now you're just gonna get mm-hmm. more more frustrated, more and more angry. Um, or you can just sit with it. Oh wow, that kind of pissed me off. Okay, let me not react for a second. Now, what do I want to do with that with that information? Do I want to ignore it? Do I want to address this problem? Do I want to do X, Y, Z? Um, but yeah, that's, that's such a superpower. And even we have, we think, you know, when stuff like this, anxiety and things happen, our body also gives us physical responses too yeah. that we have to be cognizant about. And, you know, you got to know uh, when that's happening. Oh, I can't sleep at night. Okay, why is that? What's what's going on in my life? What are the issues that are addressing what or need addressing? Um, and then also knowing... When outside factors are causing us to are affecting our mood, you know, um, uh, you know, say, uh, take an example, you live next to a construction site or something. Oh, shit. Construction site kept me up all night. The light was shining in my window. Now I got bad sleep. Now I'm not doing great at job at, at work. Now my boss fucking yelled at me. Now I'm in a bad mood. Now I'm stressed again. Now I'm going on two days without bad sleep. Uh, now I'm real stressed. I, I'm just going to go to McDonald's. Maybe that'll make me feel better. Now I've eaten like shit and I feel even worse. All right, now I'm going into a third bad day. And that third day can turn to 30 days, can turn to three months, can turn to a year. All because of some minuscule outside factors. Um, you know, it's just important as you go through life, being aware of that type of stuff. Yeah. Are you reading anything good right now? Right at this minute, I'm yeah. reading a book called Rise and Fall of Nations. Mm. Um, oh, that's right. Big history buff. Yeah, yeah. This one is pretty <clears> fascinating, <throat> actually. It just re- it goes through like all maybe what, 20, uh, since the Industrial Revolution, maybe since the late 1800s, and has just gone through why nations succeed and why they fail and what factors help them and what factors don't and birth rates and uh, natural resources and, you know, diplomatic relations. It's really fascinating. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah cool. I think that this has been one of those. Someone said to me that <laughs> men think about Rome at least once a <laughs> day. That. Yeah, 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 I've heard that. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, maybe I'm just not one of them. I'm but, not a Rome guy, but. Yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing. I'm more of an ancient Greece, but you know. Yeah, to the, to the degree that women think about selling their feet once a day. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so, I, selling photos of their first feet. Of all, I tell my wife once a week that she's fumbling the bag <laughs> by not putting these feet pictures online, man. Oh my God. I could, I, that's private school right there. Uh, yeah, 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 I would, I would be selling my feet. Yeah. 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 That's just, that's yeah. Pe- people call that pimping your woman out. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, we're just work. I, we're working together. I call it paying the mortgage. Yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're working together. Yeah. What are you talking about? Try to make it happen here. Come on. Uh, but I do know that it has been, on some people's minds, the it's funny you say it's the rise and fall of nations mm-hmm. because people feel like maybe the next one to fall is Us. America. <laughs> yeah, is that is did that at all? Uh, 
catalyze. I don't know if that's what catalyze mm. your your reading of this book. Um, yeah, I don't think we're in that big of trouble right now. Oh, okay, so that wasn't the reason why you picked up this book. Oh, reading that book? No, I just found it on the app. And oh, it okay. interesting. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's how I get most. I use a little library app on my phone. So you finish one book and I'll have some recommendations or I'll heal a recommendation uh, or my coaching group. You know, we'll do book uh, books of the month and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So wherever they come from. Uh, but no, that one, I think I had heard some good things about it and then I just saw it and it's been very good so far. Mm. Yeah. But um, no, I think America's OK. I don't think uh, I think we got a good head start on the rest of the world. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 I, I, <laughs> I th- <laughs> good story. Good, yeah. Uh I don't know shit about shit. Um <clears throat> I think people think about like the sort of internal damnation. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Oh, from internal yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we might be fucked on that right <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Uh yeah, that was a recurring theme throughout the book. Yeah, we could eat ourselves from within thin before we're facing any external threats. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what do you what do you feel like may be one of top three issues for us internally? Mm. I don't I think it's gotten better. I I feel like I've noticed a swing the past few years post COVID, Trump, whatever. Uh we're we weren't talking to each other. Uh we're uh, not talking shit. What what J. Cole say, our fear lies and our lack of awareness of the other side. Um we just have mal. We just think that the other side is doing things uh because they hate us. Um take an example abortion, popular issue, right? Um, I think people on the left think that people on the are disingenuous in their argument of abortion. I think they think that they are against abortion uh, because they want to keep poor people down for whatever mm. reasons. Uh, and I, 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 you know, I lean pro, uh, what is it, pro choice. But I also get the validity of the pro-life argument. These people really do think it's fucked up to have abortions and to you know get rid of babies. I can see the merit of that, and mm. I will. I I'll genuinely believe that's your position. You know, I don't think there's any more to it. If they just think that that is a that's just something they can't wrap their minds around of being acceptable. I completely understand that. And on the flip side, I think, uh, you know, the right thinks everyone's just a baby murderer who's pro-choice, where obviously if you're pro-choice, you just think people should be able to control their life. You know, having a baby at the wrong time can really derail someone's life. You don't want to bring a baby into that negative situation. And I think that's a choice people should preserve. But I think on that issue and a whole bunch of other issues, we just have mal intent for the other side. We think that they're always out to get us and vice versa. So I think that's probably one of the big issues in America right now. Yeah. <clears throat> I I think um have you ever watched The Good Place by any chance? No, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, though. it's a great yeah. little, I don't know if it's like NBC show yeah. or some shit like that. It's where like the, they go to heaven or something, right? Yeah. It's like a, a waiting room. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Um, and there's a, a character named Chidi. It's a black mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. And when he was on Earth, he was a moral philosopher professor. Okay. <laughs> and so he, he's like telling the guy that's pretty much like the king of this waiting room, uh-huh. which you could pretty much kind of call God at this time. Yeah. He's like, listen, I just know more about moral philosophy than you. <laughs> like, that's OK. Like, I studied this yeah. for a long time. Like, some of these things just have answers mm. and you just you don't understand it. He was like, like the trolley problem. Like, you yeah. just have to understand. Now, 
if you or anyone that listens to this is not aware of the trolley problem, the trolley problem is, say you are on like a trolley or a train okay. that's going down the track, <laughs> and there are five people in front of the track, and you are going to kill all five of these people <laughs> okay. unless you pull a lever, which changes the course of the trolley or train to only kill one person. Mm. Do you pull the lever <laughs> to go and kill this one human that Ooh, that otherwise that, that otherwise would not have died? <laughs> they were telling the other five to move <laughs> so that you don't kill these other five people. Wow, what a conundrum. Right, it's a conundrum. Yeah. And then if you feel like you have an answer to that and you feel like it's pretty easy and you're like, well, it's one to five, you got to pull it. Like, yeah. you just got to do it. Then the question is, now what if this person is the one person you love most? Exactly. That's a thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so they kind of like snap into the actual reality of yeah. him like in a trolley. Yeah. Like having oh, a, and he's shit. just like, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's a hilarious scene. Um, but I say that to say moral philosophers, like human beings that are moral philosophers, regardless of what age they you you want to choose them from this age, you know, whatever. Boy, do they got their fucking work cut mm -hmm. out for them. Yeah. That is such a job yeah. to try with your mouth in in this limiting ass language yeah. to to try to encapsulate morality from a scientific, like rational yeah. viewpoint. Cause you I mean, if you're not because if, if someone doesn't describe or ascribe or subscribe, I'm sorry, to your particular religion, if you're mm -hmm. a religious person, because then you could just say, oh, well, I got the answers. It's in this book. Yeah. If if they don't subscribe to that, then you have to try to do like really hard work yep. to then try to figure out where you do mm -hmm. get your grounding from mm -hmm. in, in, in morality, um, which I feel like is very, very difficult for a lot of people that are not moral philosophers yeah. and are uh, secular people. Yeah. Which I think is another cause to rise of anxiety and depression mm -hmm. in people because the people just don't know what the fuck is going on, yeah. right? Um, because there is a lack of something greater in life that they're mm -hmm. aiming towards and, and trying to serve. Um, that shit, <clears throat> that's crazy. That That's why, to me, the the ways of, of the Taoists and the Buddhists, it seemed to make so much sense. Mm -hmm. Um, that that for us to try to wrap our minds around what is truly good mm. and what is truly bad, mm. as if they're as if they do not live together harmoniously yep. in ways in which we just don't understand. One truly. is necessary for the other, and they're necessary. And to extract one means to extract the other. Yep. Like it just it, it can't be any other mm. way. And what might be good for you. Is bad for me, vice versa. Right. And what might be good for you might be bad for you later on yep. and vice versa. And mm -hmm. so like trying to understand these things and like the weight of that yeah. is immense. Mm -hmm. And so for lawmakers and people that want to be in these these political positions, I mean, wow. More power to you. Oh my. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, because I'm I'm sitting where you're at. like I just I just I be listening to people and I'm like yo I get what you say yeah yeah and like, I get what you say like but you but, can't but like say that but, out loud. yeah I know yeah. exactly it's yeah. like he's just like no you're like you just a dick rider at that yeah. point <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's just like you 
you just don't want to choose sides. It's like, nah, like I truly get what mm-hmm. y'all are saying. Mm-hmm. Like y'all just don't, y'all don't see exactly. eye to eye, but I understand what it is y'all mm-hmm. are saying. I think it's tough. Yeah. I, like if somebody asked me my position, I'm be like, nigga, that's it's tough. Hard, man. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna be a, a super scholastic yeah. answer you're gonna get from me. Exactly. Nigga, I'm that's trying. Tough. I'm fucking trying. <laughs> there was a a few years ago, CJ McCollum, he's a basketball player. And uh, he had tweeted something and someone quote tweeted or retweeted him and was like, why don't you make it out of the first round of the playoffs? And he replied and just said, I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) And it went viral. He just said, I'm trying, Jennifer. Like uh, such a human response. Like, yeah, I'm fucking trying, dude. These other people getting paid too. (laughs) Like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just like god damn <laughs> oh shit oh it's so great <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> first of all it's a team <laughs> yeah yeah and the other team is they practice as well they also practice they got plays and like, shit that they run like the niggas are good yeah they're getting paid to do the thing uh, oh, but yeah we don't we don't like oh, to give people excuses or credit oh, for anything shit. oh it's funny as hell yeah that was made me think when uh I think like Simone Biles she got a a, a uh I don't know the the curse of the the twirl oh, the, the twists, twirls or the, the twisties yeah, yeah, they yeah. call it, and she couldn't perform. Yeah, and <laughs> RJ RJ was in here telling me how there were just people going ham on her like how the fuck yeah, you not yeah, going yeah, to, yeah. how you not going rep America like you gonna let this small yeah. shit get at you like <laughs> yeah. we need you to get out there. Yeah. And it's just like yo like <laughs> you don't think she wants to be out there? You think she would rather get this hate? Oh man, people are so funny. That shit is so funny. It's hilarious. I think one of the funniest and best things that we have are you know humans being humans, right? Mm. So even people critiquing greatness, mm. I think is we oh, need we hilarious. need that. We need it. Yeah. We need it because it's hilarious. Because yeah. it's stupid. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Yeah. And we need it. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like, who the fuck are you, Jennifer? Yeah, like, what exactly. Are you, what do you What do you do? What are you doing? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> when I, I can't stop talking about people critiquing J Cole, because mm. I I've seen in in you ought to be able to critique art, like mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. critique things. That's that's what it is. Like um. Like, we ain't heard one note from this nigga Simon Cowell. Yeah. Simon Cowell ain't never hit a note. We've mm-hmm. ne- have yeah, you yeah, ever yeah. heard Simon Cowell yeah. sing? But he'll talk N- shit. Never. Yeah. But he been on American Idol for yeah. 39 That's years. Point. Yeah. But he, I, I guess he does this mm-hmm. shit, right? And mm-hmm. I brought that up to Von Marie. He was like, but isn't he like a songwriter? I'm like, them people on that show ain't being critiqued on songwriting. <laughs> yeah, they they exactly. not singing none of their original yeah. songs. Yeah. They're singing other people. He is critiquing notes. He is critiquing mm-hmm. singing. So... It's not to say that you have to do the thing in order to critique the thing, mm-hmm. um, but you got to have some merit. Yeah, like yeah, you got to yeah. know some background, some, some what the fuck it is you're talking about. Yeah. And so, I've seen from like a Kendrick standpoint, it's either people feel like either I just don't listen to Kendrick because I don't listen, to, I just don't listen to him. Yeah. Um, 
Or if you listen to him, it's like, yeah, that nigga, he, he, he's him. Yeah, yeah. He's There's him. No in between. But with this Jake Hole thing, is he's interesting, though, mm-hmm. because it seems like either I don't listen to him because I don't listen to him. I listen mm-hmm. to Taylor Swift or whatever. Yeah. Or I listen to him and he's him. Or I listen to him and, like, I see why everybody puts him up there. Yeah, like, yeah. he's the go, he's one of the go-to mm-hmm. whatever, but, like, he's also bland. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm like, damn, I that's interesting that there's like this other added part for yeah. him yeah. where he's like this bland thing. Yeah. And I just more and more I've been trying to figure out through time what this is, is I've listened to him and I've talked mm-hmm. to other people about him. What has been what what have you heard? What have you I don't know surmised? I would say uh <laughs> shit, all I can think of is that uh the RDC world <laughs> when the new J. Cole drops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love the 21 those. Savage. And he's like, I don't even like this shit. I mean, it's kind of catchy. 21, 21. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Man, you could have this. <laughs> um, I would think uh, the critique of people calling J. Cole boring is that they are probably looking for something different from their music than to uh, to be woke. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not <laughs> looking to. Uh, there's some songs where J. But Kendrick also pretty woke you think you the same say. people that like kendrick call j cole born i mean kendrick's got a lot more to his music i think from a production standpoint mm-hmm. and uh, the beats that he goes on yeah. and he will change a song midway through and you'll be like is this even the fucking same song I yeah. Listen to? yeah uh so i think he explores a lot more that way that's not i'm i'm a much bigger j cole fan than kendrick i, I like kendrick um but yeah i would uh i think j cole's a lot easier to listen to um but yeah, people that are boring, I guess they're just looking for a little bit more from their music than um, the real introspective Cole. Because there's some shit Cole will write where I'm like, did he write that for me? Like, uh, right, uh, right. Other people aren't looking to get that out of their music. Yeah. They're either looking, you know, for some shit that slaps or <laughs> you know, uh, just to some real artistic out there new wave stuff where maybe Kendrick or Kanye is giving that to them, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> this is I, I, I'm gonna keep talking about this song of shit. Um, J. Cole, he raps in a way that I think is sort of prolific. And I think because of the prolific nature, it comes across as as easy or lazy Mm. or bland. Mm. So I'll say that to say, like, and maybe this is blasphemous for some people, but if you catch certain quotes from like Buddha or Lao Tzu mm-hmm. or some of these people, mm-hmm. they'll be real concise, real small, pithy, mm-hmm. but very salient, very well understood yeah. thing. They just be, but they be blunt, but they're, it's like a J. Cole line. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just it's very, peace comes from within. Mm-hmm. Do not seek it without. Very, all you need to know. It ain't mm-hmm. crazy. But that, but what one has to go through to figure that out yeah. for themselves and say it that way mm-hmm. is where the profundity comes yeah. from, yeah. right? And some people might look at that and be like, "Damn, that shit kind of deep." Yeah. And it's th- that's the same thing that I think J Cole does. I think he just speaks in a way that is very easy yeah, to understand. Yeah. And because it's not so decoded yep. and you're not you're like, you can just hear it and There's listen on one on, or two layers to it. It's not 50 like Kendrick. Right. Yeah. So like on the first listen, you understood what he said yep. because of that. People are like, oh, that nigga bland. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, think about his song. Think about Lights, Please. Lights, Please. Lights, Please. Turn off the It's a super simple song. But he's saying so much in that song. He's saying, ah, I'm fighting this conflict between wanting to really build this bond and be, uh, you know, really get deep with this woman versus I'm trying to fuck. You yeah. know, and the, that, that uh, you know, that balance he's trying to strike. And he was able to do that in the course with two words, lights, please. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'm hitting these lights. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to hit these lights. And we all know what that means. Yeah. But to your point, we all got it on the first listen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and Cole's not going to Cole's not going to give you. 20 voices on a song. Not, no. If I told you I killed a man at 16, would you believe? You're, you're yeah. not going to get that from Cole. No, you know? no. Um, and on top of that, the the other point that I always say that people overlook is the fact that if you listen to like if you just go <clears throat> pull up any of his lyrics, he's, he's speaking complete sentences. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's literally just having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. But yet all the points where it needs to, it rhymes. Yeah, exactly. That's not an easy Mm -hmm. thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like if you told someone to write an essay or just like write out what it is you want to say to someone, like you're about to go have a conversation with someone, write out what you would like them to know Mm -hmm. in the next 20 lines. Say it like you're like you're talking to them, but make sure that it all rhymes and that it's in that it's nice Mm -hmm. to listen to over this fucking beat yep. with the saxophone and these drums. Like that's very, very difficult yeah. thing to do, but he's getting a, he's getting across whole exactly. thoughts in whole sentences. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, very next level. And shit. to me too, you know, one of the true definitions of intelligence is, uh, can you explain super complex things very simply? Mm. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, well, I work. I work with a ton of people who just like to talk their ass off, and it's like they're talking a foreign language. And then every once in a while, you get to somebody who's really with it, and they are breaking it down for you like a five year old. And then they can, but they can also talk at that super high level. And I think that's how Cole is. Like you said, you got to really go through some shit to be able to catch the feelings, analyze them, and now break them down and write them for a way that a 13-year-old can understand and really felt spoken to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's genius. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, wild. that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's the, yeah. that's the beauty behind, like, <clears throat> all the animated films. Oh. Is that all these people have yeah. found a way to get the parents, mm-hmm. the teenagers, and the small children in the movie theaters together. Yeah. And yeah. it hits all these laugh. different levels. Yeah. I was... Uh, <laughs> We just saw, I just took my kids to see the new Trolls movie. Mm. And like you said, different levels. Like, yeah, it's a kid's movie, but Keenan is in there playing one of the roles. And uh, he's trying to say he's not a baby. He wants to be a man. Uh, and he has this, what are they called, ring pops, but he's acting like it's a drug. So he's trying to hide it. And he'll be like, throughout the movie, he's like, hey, man, you want to hit it? You wanna hit it? <laughs> and then Justin Timberlake's character is like, put that away, man. We're out in public. Don't let them see. Don't. So it's like, I, you know, jokes for the parents. Hilarious. For sure. You know, and it goes right over your kid's head. Um, but even I'll go back and watch some of the movies you and I grew up with, and I'll watch them again now. Like, I'm watching Malcolm in the Middle right now. Holy, that might well, be. I haven't as, seen that in so long. It might be as funny as The Office. It is mm. so underappreciated. And I realized I saw my wife. I was like, okay, if I was to describe my childhood, that Malcolm in the Middle, that's how I would describe my childhood. Uh, but like, what was platform is that on? Hulu. Okay. Yeah, it's worth worth a watch. It's a good watch. Uh, watch a Jingle All the Way with uh, Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger around wow. Christmas. Hilarious! How just the Sin- fact that those two mo- that those two yes. names are next to each yes. other is crazy, dude. Sinbad was like 
gold in this movie the funniest thing i've ever seen and just putting on this a performance for these little kids like they yeah. don't you know they don't appreciate it but uh yeah you definitely go back and see a lot of the hidden messages and shit like that that's dope i like soul with jamie fox yes you that's watched that one? one yeah not too recently ago. Oh, yeah i thought that was such a good movie. that's a good movie but i do have one critique What's that? And this is my critique of all Disney movies where they put black people as the protagonists. Mm. They always trying to make them something not people. <laughs> he spent oh, the whole movie as like a little bubble. Oh, does that happen often? Yeah. In the, in the, uh, the Princess and the Frog. Have you heard about this oh, movie? Yeah. Princess Tiana. She spends the whole fucking movie as a frog. <laughs> it's like every single Disney movie, they do this. It's wild. That's interesting. Yeah, it's oh. super wild. And then... What makes it even more frustrating is they create these amazing, beautiful worlds like Soul. The first 20 minutes yeah. of that movie, you're like, holy shit, this is a cool world. You're so immersed. This teacher and he wants to be an artist and they go up on stage and they take you away from it for the rest of the movie. And I'm like, no, I want to go back to that place, you know? Yeah, that was pretty, pretty yeah. cool. They're just up there. Everybody's yeah. just fucking jamming. Exactly. Great time. Uh, Princess and the Frog, they did the same thing. They make this awesome black community from 1800s New Orleans and they get all the dialect and culture right and it's like beautiful for 15 minutes and the rest of the movie she's a frog uh, <laughs> you're like what the fuck man like clearly y'all did your research she clearly put the effort into it yeah y'all got that, some black people on the team yeah like, just make that the whole movie damn <laughs> uh, but soul is good damn I didn't think about that yeah. that kind of undercuts what I was saying <laughs> but no but <clears throat> there's this there's this part of the movie that I guess in various ways I've been speaking about on the pod where whatever spirit has been that has come back to earth with him, mm -hmm. that character. Do we know who that's played by? Mm, the no. super anxious one? Yeah. No. Well, anyway, well, so this character that, that comes back with him. She finds her spark because the whole thing is like yeah. that, you know, you're in the before life and you mm -hmm. have to come and try to figure out your you have to figure out your spark there before you can go mm -hmm. on. And he was and, mad because he had his. Well, his whole idea, which I feel like for a lot of us as well, and this may have gone over people's heads. I'm not certain. But his whole idea is that a spark is like this thing that you do. Mm. So there was a moment when she was sitting on the stoop, clearly in his in his body. While he was like the cat or mm -hmm. the dog Something or whatever like that. that he had fallen into on accident. And so she's sitting on the stoop and she starts like looking around and the camera starts panning around in like slow-mo. And she's like looking at a leaf falling and she's looking at, you know, some cars driving down the road and just like random things just happening mm -hmm. in life. Just life happening. Mm -hmm. And... She like tries to tell him, oh, I think I think I found the thing. I mm. think I found. And she was trying to explain it to him. And it was like the pizza that we had, the, the leaf falling, like these things happen. And he was just like, nah, like that's mm. not that's mm. not a spark. Like a spark is like a thing you do, like music, mm. you know what I mean? Like an instrument you play or, you know, painting a picture. He was like, what you talking about is just regular old life. Yeah. And then that's when they have like this conflict and she runs away mm. and he has to go find her and all this sort of stuff and bring her back. But that moment was powerful because... She had found a, her spark, f which she didn't think, and maybe I'm misgendering because this is just a spirit, <laughs> but she, she found this spark in, in life. Yeah. In that, 
things are happening Mm -hmm. in just the experience of life, period. And that went over his head Mm -hmm. as a human. It was like, oh, no, that's just regular old life. Yep. And that was such a profound moment mm. that they just allowed to live and then moved on from it. They didn't it. explain it. They didn't explain it. They yep. just moved on from it. Because I feel like maybe doing too much, like trying to over-explain that moment would have yeah. been pretentious or mm. something in that, you know. But they just let that hang there for a second and then moved on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that shit was deep. Yeah. That was deep yeah. as fuck. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. It is. And, uh, yeah, I think put too much pressure on trying to find the thing and not being appreciative of just the moment. Like, uh, even just, you got to reframe things. Everything is an opportunity, you know? Um, I had a super busy morning before I came here, got the kids up, got them dressed. They went over uh, to my in-laws house, had to get them out, you know, just had a bunch of shit going on. Uh, and I could be stressed from that or that's an opportunity. Hey, I got these beautiful kids. I have a great relationship with my in-laws, my wife, they, she's happy hanging out with her. I have all these meetings. I, have the opportunity to have these meetings. These are chances to build relationships. These are chances to get revenue for the company. I had an opportunity to come do this podcast. This is a chance to talk and chop it up. I've had a great conversation like this. I don't know for forever. You know, these are all opportunities. Um, and if we just are always seeking the perfect thing and not realizing what in front of us is beautiful, then you're just missing out. You're missing the journey. Yeah. It's tough. It's like, yeah. It's always like that, that next. Yeah. It's like when you start a new hobby or if you're working out, uh, you know, I'm into cycling. And when I first started, I just, you know, oh, you got to have this many watch. You got to be able to go this many miles an hour, da, da, da. Where you get off a ride and you're mad yeah. that you just got <laughs> off a ride because, oh, I want to go 17 miles an hour and I went 16.8. Uh, fuck. Getting, it's like, dude, getting just, off a bicycle angry is crazy. Literally, dude, you just spent two hours, beautiful day, just best day ever, beautiful weather, and you're upset that you, you didn't get this thing, dude. Just be happy. You just exist. Mm. Like you said, just exist. Yeah, robbing yourself of that happiness yeah. is crazy. It's wild yeah. that, we, that we do that. Yeah. For yeah. no reason. No yeah. good reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly just looking for the next thing, mm-hmm. looking for the next thing. Um, <clears throat> My mom was talking to me about how She's been doing yoga for a while. She's mm-hmm. mad flexible. She's mm-hmm. like probably one of the best in her class. And she's like, but there's this, there's this sense of peace that I have when I'm doing yoga in that class that I just can't seem to take yeah. out of the class and like just have in my yeah. everyday, you know, experience. And I was like, well, it seems to me like one, it's awesome that you understand mm-hmm. that you're having the one that you're feeling that experience ever. In life. So just like, even if you're feeling it for that 60 minutes of class, Mm -hmm. that's cooler than zero minutes. Um, Two, that it's something that you know you want to exercise in the rest. And you're, you know, trying to figure out what that means or how to do that. I was like, but you're having the conversations with yourself that that bring that forth, you know. Um, And this... This notion of the mountaintop, this notion of like getting there is so interesting because it we are so hedonistic. Mm-hmm. It just never arrives. Yeah, the journey is what we need to enjoy. It, it just every time mm-hmm. you get there, it's like, well, what's the next? Like there's a motherfucker that climbed, climbed Everest and was just like, all right, well, what's the next? Yeah. One mm. or like, should I climb it butt naked now? Yeah, like, what's the yeah? Like, yeah. what's the next thing I do? So yeah. even like the literal mountain peaks ain't enough. Yeah, but there's always something, and so like realizing that has got to 
slow you down. Yeah. There's a, um, I don't know if you call it a proverb or tale or whatever. This guy sells fruit on the beach. It's one himself has a little stand, sells fruit one at a time, spends all day on the beach. When this businessman comes, buys some fruit, takes it back to his chair, eats it, goes back to the guy, says, oh, my God, this is the best fruit I've ever had. Where you get this from? Oh, man, you know, you, you could really expand this business. We could really do something here. Um, maybe we could set up a shop down the beach. Can I talk to your suppliers? We can really grow this thing out. And the, uh, and the merchant, the guy owning the fruit stand, he says, oh, well, why would I do that? And he's like, so you could build the business as big as possible and sell it. And he's like, and why would I sell it? He's like, I don't know, so you can get a ton of money. And he's like, well, what would I do with the money? He's like, you could go retire and live at the beach and stay at the beach all day. And he goes, exactly. <laughs> you know, he's living the dream. You know, he might yeah. not have the millions in the bank account, yeah. but he's doing what he's setting out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I find myself in my own life, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm lucky I get to work from home. I spend all day with my kids. I get to like, I never get this time back as mm -hmm. little kids. I'm never going to get this. I have to remind myself when I get stressed about work or this or that. It's like, dude, this is, this is what you're doing this for. You are at the goal. Mm -hmm. Appreciate the goal right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The alchemist is a really good book. Mm -hmm. It's a really good story about that, about just, you know, it's just like this little shepherd and he, he gets some sort of note or some sort of prophecy brought to him that is, you know, if he goes on this journey, he's going to find, you know, true treasure. Mm. You know, there's a treasure waiting mm. for him. And this motherfucker is pretty much just going all around the world, just doing a yeah, bunch of wild shit. We're looking for some gold, yeah. like some gold bricks or some shit like yeah. that. He ends up right back at the place that yeah. he was at at the very beginning and just realizes, like, like this was this journey. was it the whole time. Exactly. But it's told in a much beautiful, uh, much more beautiful way than I just put it. But <clears throat> as far as allegories and all that goes, there is this, this sort of... Uh, Taoist one of, of, an, of an old man, old farmer, and he has a horse, and his horse sort of gallops away, just mm -hmm. like get, gets out of the stable and like leaves, runs up the hill. And that's like his only fucking horse. He needs that horse. Yeah. And his neighbors come over and they're just like, man, like that's terrible. I'm so sorry to yeah. hear that. Like, it's, that's, that's, that's a curse. And he's like, maybe. And then a couple of days later, the horse comes back over the hill with six more horses. Mm. And so now he's got a bunch of horses yep. and people come over and they're just like, this is a blessing. Yeah. This is so, this is so amazing. Yeah. Like, we're so happy for you. And he's like, maybe. Yeah. And then his son decides he's going to try to start riding these horses and fuck around and falls off and like mm. twists his ankle. And then people come over and they're like, oh my God, this is so terrible. Like, I'm so sorry that this happened for you. Like this, this is, this is the worst thing ever. And he's like, maybe. Yeah. And then some people come over to try to enlist his son to go out to war and fight, he but he can't wow. because he has an injury and so on and so yeah, forth. Wow. And so it's that's, just this, it's this, <laughs> it's just this idea of us trying to grasp the idea of what is truly good yep. and what is truly bad. Exactly. Is as you were saying before, you know, these expectations that you hold on things and you hold on people, they will fuck you up. They will fuck you up yep. because you don't know shit. Yep. That's the only reason you're <laughs> upset is because you expected a result going into something <laughs> and you did not achieve it. You know? <laughs> or it did whatever you wanted to happen didn't happen. This person didn't do what you thought they would do. Yeah. That's where most of, you know, people being upset. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's bigger shit that happens, but I think a lot of our day-to-day -day, uh, trivia or trivial things that pop up is just having expectations and then they're not met. Yeah. And and I, and by the way, 
I completely understand, especially if you grow up here, like you you're you grow up in a society where things are bigger and better. Like mm-hmm. you want more things. You want things yep. to happen for you. Yep. Like you so so that's the idea, that's the understanding that you have of what life is and what grants true meaning in life. So I I understand why you're gonna be because the retort to that is, so what are you supposed to do? Just like not want stuff? Mm-hmm. Like not want yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and a rough answer is yeah yeah exactly you know what I mean but because but then it's just, that's that's very that's one of those things that you know the answer being like like this excerpt of so what am I supposed to not want stuff and the answer being yeah that's one of those Lao Tzu J yeah. Cole type of <laughs> yeah, like yeah, things yeah. where on the surface it seems. Like there's something in that, but you're not going to understand it. Yeah. It seems like one of those riddles mm-hmm. unless you do the sort of meta work and you really try to, you know, understand like how that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like how, how can you live a, a lifestyle yeah. of not trying to to do everything? And that's sort of like Aikido and Judo, all that sort of stuff where you're not you're not forcing things. Mm. You're allowing, like in judo, I mean, you fucking watch uh, John Wick? No, I've never seen that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all that nigga does in the movies. Like, he's not striking anyone. Uh It's so funny because it don't make any sense, but he's, the fights are made. He's, I mean, those, they're great action films. Yeah, I've heard, there's like four of them, right? Yeah, they're great. And he's just judoing people. He's just taking momentum yeah. and using their force against Like the themselves. dudes on TikTok, they take the guns at your hand and shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but much cooler. Yeah, much better. Much, much better. cooler. And it's that idea. Uh, I've, I've actually, this is why I say I feel like I've practiced things and not known about it for mm. so long. Uh, I sat in a, like a coffee shop with a friend one time and she was asking me, like, why wasn't she was having a real hard time. She was like, why aren't you like making changes in this department? I think I, at, the, at the point it was like work mm. to some degree. She was like, I feel, or maybe even with the podcast, she was like, I feel like there are things that you could be doing to maybe like push it mm. and things like that. And I was like, yeah, like I don't. Yeah, not what you're trying to really, Yeah, just don't really feel yeah. like I just kind of want to have conversations with people. Well, it goes back to the guy it. on the beach. Yeah, you know, like. Why would I build it up? Oh, to make all this money. Da, da, da. Now I can have free time to have great conversations <laughs> with people in my house. Oh, wait. <laughs> you know? Know? So, like, when you understand that, you just have, start having a real great time doing that. Yeah. And so, <laughs> it's exactly that. Yeah. It's like you might end up getting to a point where. You I, and I think about the people that have created some craft and like it turned into some shit mm-hmm. that they fucking hate. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, like I really wish I was back in my room doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could have swore more fun that, way. that it would have been better if I had been mm-hmm. world renowned and all this sort of stuff. But now, like somehow I'm now trapped in a golden cage. Yep. Like, well, how did that happen? Yep. How did I get here? Um, and now I can't talk about the things that I want to talk about Mm. or like maybe now I have these producers telling me that I have to like have these certain people on Mm. or or you're playing to the data. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, exactly. Like I have to play to this algorithm. You're right. Like I have to speak on these topics or whatever the case is. And I don't even fucking know about these topics. Like what, you know, I think too, a lot of the ways, you know, we talk about 
society's gotten, uh, you know, everything's the same. Um, because that data, we see a data, oh, 53% of people prefer XYZ. And then the person on the other end thinks 53% means 100%. And now that's all we see. Mm. And it's like, no, 47%. That's a lot of people <laughs> that yeah. want to see the other shit. You yeah. Know? Um, so, yeah, it would it, it could water you down. You'd have outside influences. It wouldn't be yours anymore. Yeah, the chat GBT thing, I was, um, my little sister was making fun of me because I didn't quite understand it. And uh, that's my best friend. And I was like, it's a lot of people's. I get it. Mm. If, yeah, that yeah. makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Mikey's as well. Mikey's hanging out constantly. Um, And I was like, I just, I I don't know what I would use it for in my life. And then my dad was like, he was like, you may be able to use it in a way that will give you the analytics as to what is being trended on, on podcasts and you know, what, what, what's liked, you know, what people are talking about and what people want to hear. And as soon as he said that, I was like, now it's not Earl's world. It was like that has nothing to do with what yeah. I want to do uh, yeah. at all. Like that's 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 a whole different thing now. Mm-hmm. Like now I just have like these these little blurbs, these topics yeah. of like, oh, this is what's going on today. Let's talk. I don't know nothing about it, but yeah. we're gonna talk about and, it exactly. Or, and now you're every other podcast. Yeah, like I just don't. It's not at all what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No GPT. That's a. That's amazing though. I think people think maybe it's a little more than what it is, but it can. Oh yeah, it can do a lot. I think it's. It's more of an assistant than anything else. Um, I use it for like a lot of admin stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, if I submit a candidate to a company, I'll do a little type up on them. Um, and I can just put my, the resume in there and my call notes and the job description. and It'll do all that stuff. You know, very simple things. Uh, I write a newsletter. Um, so I might have I might open up a Word document and just throw 500 words of word salad stream of consciousness on a piece of on a document and no, no regard to grammar or spelling or you know, punctuation or anything. And I'll put that into chat GPT and it'll turn it into like some nice solid thousand yeah. word piece of shit. Yeah. You know, something yeah. nice. So, yeah. um, and yeah, people can use it to, you know, you can use it and just say, make me something and it'll give you some, some crap, which is going to be low tier, or you can put some effort into the input. And if you put effort into the input, it's going to give you some amazing output. Yeah. I actually do have a, on the uh it's like a little subscribe and like page like yeah. after the YouTube video mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. shows up. And that was actually made by ChatGPT. Yeah, my, yeah. My friend, like my, that. my yep. friend sent it sent that to yeah. me. And that's like my I'd say like I don't know, like my like sort of heaven in a sense mm-hmm. is uh me on a beach with a joint in my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um in between two trees that are mango trees that are just perpetual mango trees. So every time you pick a, a ripe mango, the mango Locked. just goes right perfect back. Perfect And it's too, the perfect know. just nectar. Mostly orange kind of green. Yeah, just, just yeah. it's almost just liquid yeah, the way yeah. that you just bite into it. It's just Nothing that. And the same mean. thing with the joint. The joint never yeah, goes. Yeah, you're yeah, on yeah. a beach, yeah. but the joint never blows Doesn't out. Doesn't make you cough. Yeah. Perfect hit. Every perfect oh, every yeah. single time. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's the place. And so... There now, I, I'll show it to you, but it's just that that's the video or that's the image. Mm. Once the video is over, yeah. it's just me like on a hammock. It's like a silhouette oh, of me on yeah. a hammock with a joint yeah. and uh, like mango between tree. two mango trees. Yeah. yeah. No, awesome. awesome. Yeah. I think technology in a whole automation and, and artificial intelligence, I think it's powerful uh, to do a lot of the back end stuff, make a website. Uh, you know, make me a, a quick, a quick memo or a document or something. 
But um, anything that takes human to human interaction needs to be handled by humans. Yeah, that's fine. You know, like your podcast, you would never let ChatGPT come up with your topics. First of all, and even in this podcast, you can't come up with topics before it's conversational. Yeah. So you can't be like, hey, I wanted to hit on this thing. Uh, You know, I know you're telling me about your trauma, but how about the next? I literally have no idea ever what's going to happen before I press that record button. But that's what makes it special. Um, I even got to a point where I'm I'm just taking the timestamps down. The the only reason I don't crank these out at Mm -hmm. the rate that I would want to is because we're like, too busy trying to put together these timestamps, like yeah. going through yeah. the episodes. But now that is something you could use AI for. To where yeah. it would, you can ingest the the video recording, and it can probably create those timestamps for you. That's things where yeah, you see know, that save see, some of that. See maybe. that I may need, but to. it's not taking away from the soul and the essence of what it is. It's yeah. just helping you with some busy work. Yeah, because I'm about to just start typing up a very brief description of who the person was, how mm-hmm. I felt about the conversation yeah. and some of the things that we talked about. Yeah. They just keep it real short yeah. and, and, and simple and mm-hmm. just so I can get these things out mm-hmm. quicker. Cause that's really all I want to do is just put them out. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's in the back end, it can help you with a lot of those processes. Mm-hmm. I think. Creating time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to hit Mikey up on it that can, one. Um, I've seen it too, where it can create uh transcripts. Uh, if you ever needed a transcript or if you're ever interested in that. Um, I know from a business perspective, a lot of, you know, if a businesses have a podcast, they'll then download the transcript, turn the transcript into an article, turn those articles into social media posts, and do 10 other things oh off of this one piece of content. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is wild. Yeah. But now you come into the problem where, and my, I've experienced this a lot in my business last, this past year, we do a lot of email marketing. We're all up in your inbox but so is every <laughs> so is fucking everybody else. So I how do you cut through the noise? How do I not land in spam? How do I not land in those other Gmail folders or whatever? Um, how do I just get your attention to where you don't just delete me or you mark me as spam? How can we stand out? Um, because technology has made it so easy for everybody to do marketing and emailing at scale. There's so much more competition. That's fascinating. This uh, study of of capturing one's attention, the captology, mm. is. They figured out that 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 is the thing is attention. Yeah, like that's like everyone's fighting for attention. Yeah, yeah. how can I get their attention? Like there's there's only but so many hours in a day. Yep. Yeah. You know, and what I've realized too is it's not it can't be a one and done. You got to consistently be there. It's got to be a steady, slow stream of always on top of mind, always trying to break through. You know. Yeah. That's one way to do it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I realized that with uh, social media because they lie. And when <laughs> I say they lie, maybe they don't. Maybe it was in the terms and conditions that yeah, I didn't yeah. read them like most people. So if you go to your notification settings in the actual app, it'll tell you, like, you can't take away notifications unless if you want to just have some you there are others you're gonna have to take with them so i just say i just say like you can turn them all off they tie it to essential ones but exactly but i just wanted to have direct messaging on because sometimes that's how i get in touch with people for podcasting i just wanted to just have when someone's trying to send me a message simple Mm -hmm. just like a text message right and even just putting that on i also had to have on just people putting up stories yeah it's wild. It's just like, I don't want to know when people, mm-hmm. I don't watch people's stories. Like, I don't want to know mm-hmm. when they're putting their stories up. Like, why do I have to have that as well? You can tick off 
first. And it's interesting that this is even a thing because it makes you think that you're taking stories and mm-hmm. lives off. It's first stories. So when someone puts up the very first story they've ever put up for their account. That's wild. Which. Yeah. Why, why do I care about that? Like mm-hmm. most people are just posting stories every single day. That, those are the ones I want to turn off. Yeah. Not just someone's very first story of all time. Yeah. So it makes you feel like you're taking your stories off, but it's not. They still pop up on your screen. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, y'all are crazy. Like y'all wow. try to do anything to just it's remind me yep. that Instagram's here for mm-hmm. you. Like you can click on us. And um, I don't know. Instagram is, I don't have that, but like on Twitter, you go there, you see your notifications. Not one of those fucking notifications has anything to do with you. So-and-so just posted. So-and-so retweeted. They just need you to get some type of dopamine hit the second you open that app. Same thing on LinkedIn. Blah, blah, blah. has posted. Here's an article you might like. And it's like, no, dude, I just want to see who, like you said, who's messaging me? Who has looked at my profile so I can reach out to them? Those are the two things I care about. Right. Y'all can have everything else. Interesting. Yeah. It's got to be in the terms and conditions. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Did you watch uh, any of the Black Mirror? No, I've heard I've heard crazy stuff about it though. Yeah, there was one about terms and conditions. Okay, this one's about uh, it was like people like <laughs> they just imagine like you're hanging out with the lady and y'all just like man, let's see what's on Netflix and you turn that shit on <laughs> and there's just like a documentary on Brad <laughs> and you like yo yeah like. What the fuck? Like, it's your face up mm-hmm. there, and it's just like, Brad is bad. Mm-hmm. It's like something like that. You're mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this? Like, you got mm-hmm. a documentary. I didn't know I had one out. Like, let's see yeah. what's going on. And they just got video and shit of your everyday life, like mm-hmm. things you didn't know were being videoed yeah. and things being taken account of. And, and, and now you going to work after that, and people are like, yo, like, we seen that. Mm-hmm. We seen your documentary yesterday. And you was like, yo, how is this even able to, to happen? And then you go sit down with your lawyer and it's like, yo, we got to sue these people. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, actually, you can't sue them because you actually sold your yep. likeness to them yep. when you subscribe to their. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. And it's it, like these people, these Black Mirror people are so mm. good. Yeah. They're so good because they're just steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to where it's tangible. It's like, oh, shit. Is that just, tomorrow? Just, yeah. just steps ahead. That's here though. Okay, here's here's something for you. So who who is the guest you've had on the most in this podcast? Probably mm-hmm. Bon Marie or Mikey or yeah, what, one yeah, of yeah, one of them. So the tech, you could do this now. I could take your podcast. I could take ten of your episodes of you and Bon Marie chopping it up, talking. Download those. Get the transcripts. Put them into Chat GPT and say, make me a podcast episode of these two talking. Yeah. And they would just take all of your information, everything yeah. they've learned about you from these 10 episodes, and they would create an episode that's not that far off. You know, yeah. it would be basic, and there would be some shit where you're like, that's kind of what I would say, but, yeah. you know, but it, it's not far off. Yeah. You know, to where you'd be like, I remember oh, when they, they did a Joe Rogan, Steve Jobs one. Yeah, it exactly. Like, it was like the first iteration of that. And it was like, it clearly, as you said, it wasn't – as sophisticated as a yeah. real conversation would be, but you were like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like them two. Yep. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, no, we're not far off. Yeah, the artistry part of AI technology and advancement is going to be interesting. Hmm. Because for conversation, see, the thing is, I like what I do because of the waterway of it. Yeah. Right? So... 
in those sorts of art forms, much more difficult to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to replicate. But for people that are much more structured yep. in the way in which they ask questions mm-hmm. and they pull topics from what is most trending and yep. all that, it would be much, much oh, easier yeah. mm-hmm. to be able to put that together. Um, but I know people are definitely afraid. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah. like, oh, yeah, they might be able to do this shit way better than me. Yeah, exactly. That's why you got to learn how to use it before, uh, you know, before it replaces you. But that's also my theory is the more human interaction something requires, uh, the more vital humans are going to be in that. You know, so I think we're just going to see a shift away, the shift with what work is handled by technology and what work is handled by humans. And even in, in fields where technology is dominating, if you can come in there and be more human about it. You're going to succeed. Think, you know, uh, health insurance or something. If I can call up my health insurance company and someone answers on that first ring, that's huge right there. You know, that's something no one else is doing. And it's just little stuff like that um, to where maybe we can counteract it, you know, make it more human on the front end and then let technology do the stuff on the back end. Have you immersed yourself in any VR technology or do you play any games? No, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge gamer. I've okay. done the VR headsets, you know, a couple of times. My brother-in-law has one. Uh, but yeah, they're wild. I've uh, I've read some articles and stuff about like the metaverse and all that. Mm. Yeah, I read uh, one. This lady. This is gonna be a weird topic. <laughs> this, it was talking about a sexual assault in the metaverse. And mm. I guess this lady was getting harassed and got cornered and got sexually assaulted in the metaverse, um, which is a terrible thing to happen. What exactly does that mean in the metaverse? That, I don't know. I didn't get that far in the article to tell you honestly, but like she had the headset on and shit was going down. But then it's like, does that Wait, go down to the online bullying thing to where it's like, oh shit, <laughs> take it all? Like that was weird, you know. <laughs> but I guess it still happened. It's still traumatic. So, so is this, so is this metaverse like a? It's like a, uh, it's the Facebook thing to where it's right. like, uh, it's just their world. So you put on the headset and now you're a character in this world and you're walking around you're with other humans exactly. that also have this. Exactly, everyone's a human on the other side. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the rules, regulations, laws around these things are got it. They, yeah, because yeah, like if you do that in the metaverse, is that against the law? Like, yeah, do you yeah, get exactly. you get citations? Like, do you start getting like ticks? You know, knows, yeah. and do you get banned from it from doing things the in there that you shouldn't do in real life? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of a lot of changing. Shit I feel like that's a wild. See, like you taking trauma where you don't even need to. Like yeah, you, yeah, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Like that's not why I was playing a video game. Yeah. Now I'm getting sexually assaulted yeah, in the game. Damn. Like fuck, man. Happens at work. Happens like yeah, game. like that's why I was playing the game to get yeah. away from these nasty yeah. asses. Now, <laughs> oh, that's wild, man. Yeah, because you can. Oh, jeez, that's great. I was just having a conversation about uh, about. Like, well, we were saying learning wisdoms, but I guess it could be either way. It could be taking on traumas, just pulling data from what you feel like are not realistic points of nature, Uh, which is interesting because dreams are Mm -hmm. a part of nature. This this discussion also encapsulates uh, hallucinations, so I should put psychedelics in this world as well is people will discount psychedelic drugs in lessons and things that people get from them because they'll mm-hmm. say, well, that's not real. Yeah, It's not a real thing that you're dealing with. And the idea of real becomes very interesting. Um, and I would say, well, if, if you came up with an idea in your dream, like you went to sleep, 
you woke up with a new idea because you saw some shit in a dream. It wasn't it wasn't there. It didn't present itself to you or maybe at least not consciously before you went to sleep that night. But it came up in your dream. And then you use that idea to do something, to create something, mm-hmm. whether it be a song or a business or something you wanted to say to someone. Like, is it still is it is that not real yeah. or does it only become real when you apply it to something? No, it's definitely real in that dream. Right. So, so it's still a product of your mind. Right. Right. So someone was telling me a dream they had uh, where like they were they were having to get on a ship and like get away from a city because I think a zombie apocalypse had mm. broken out. And like but their mom had been bit. So their mom had to stay behind and like they were like letting their mom yeah. go as they were like on a ship like sailing away, oh, and she just had to like fucking wake herself up. Yeah. She was like, "That was traumatic as fuck." Yeah, yeah. Like what just happened? Like I couldn't just sit there and be there for that. Like I legitimately woke myself up mm. by like trying to slap myself Jeez. in my dream, and she woke up with her hand like yeah. in her face about to slap herself. And I was like, "Man, this shit is interesting," because like. I wonder like the wisdoms that you could take away if you if you decided to sit there and feel that if you mm-hmm. decided to sit there it's like I haven't had to go away on a ship mm-hmm. in a zombie apocalypse but I did in my dream once yeah, yeah. and I sat there and I watched as my experience? mom got yeah. taken away by zombies and I was floating away and like so it didn't happen in real life mm. but I was there for that shit and I felt it and I'm able to do whatever it is I can. Maybe I now I wrote a, write a poem about it or mm. write a song or mm. create that in a video or something like that. So I just say it to say this metaverse shit about to get weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because who knows what type of world people are going to be creating and doing mm-hmm. and how that translates back into their life when they come back out to hang out with the rest of us. Yeah. In real time. I mean, shit, it's going to be weird. We already see it. People get radicalized online all the time and stuff like that. Oh, you know? true. I think it's going to be even worse in the metaverse. Yeah. Because now it's going to be even more. Yeah, because you, like, don't give a fuck yeah. because it's it's not real. Yeah. So, like, you do things that you wouldn't normally do, yeah. and then that becomes a bit more normal exactly. to you. Exactly. I can go run around and be an asshole in the metaverse. Yeah. And now I can do it in real life. Yeah, then you come out and you're a little more desensitized. Yeah, yeah. And you come Same out. things with your chest a little more. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, nigga, where'd you get this confidence <laughs> yeah, from? Yeah. <laughs> the metaverse. That's interesting. I don't. I. I. I kind of want to. This was. This is where an inception was. Was ahead of their time. Mm. Like going into these little speakeasies where people could just kind of like slip into these beds yeah. and like go oh, to sleep, and sleep and just go into their yeah. dream world for the next forty years. Like mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, he was off with his wife. Having a whole life, built a whole world, yep. lived a whole lifetime, and then got brought back yeah. to life. You I know? think that's something when people are depressed, you hear them say a lot, oh, I just want to go to sleep. Yeah, because you can have that good world in your sleep. Yeah. At least that 8, 10, 12 hours you're sleeping if you're depressed. At least that shit is lit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sleep do be good when you can get it. Mm-hmm. It it. Saddens me when people talk about the amount of sleep they don't get. Yeah, like people are just like, oh yeah, no, nah, like it takes me three to four hours to go to sleep, but yeah. like I just I don't go to sleep. 
I haven't been to sleep in days. Well, people take pride in not sleeping. Oh, yeah. You know, I only sleep three hours a night. Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what that lifestyle is like. Yeah. I know some people, I, I mean, I'm certain, you know, certain people's batteries are different than others. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I just, three hours a night, four hours a night. Mm-hmm. And I do know people that live that lifestyle. Yeah. You know, usually it's a younger thing. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's easier to do that, to like drink. Mm-hmm. Drink until five, six a.m. in the yeah. morning, and just get up and do it again. I remember mm-hmm. it. Yep. I don't know how, dude. I could you go like do sleep that. For twenty minutes, and then go wake up and work a shift at Old Navy or something, dude. Yeah. So crazy, reeking of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I would just have people on standby with Adderalls, yep. and I just pop an Adderall and be, like, I'm good to go for the day. Yeah, we used to. Uh, I used to work at Stonewall Pool. And we would do the swim lessons. The swim lessons started like five in the morning on Saturdays. And we would all get there, everyone in the same boat. Most of us were probably at the same party. And we would have a chair set up in the corner where no one could see. And that would be like your turn to sleep. So it's like yeah. we do your rotation and then you get to go in the chair for 15 minutes. And then, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh. You have superpowers when you're young. That's, it's so true. Youth is wasted on them young. I think, oh. if, think if you had the energy, think if you only had to sleep three, four hours nowadays, what you would get done, the activities you would do, just like the shit you would accomplish. Do you think wisdom is wasted on the, on the elderly? <laughs> no, because wisdom's earned, I think. Mm. You know, you don't, no one wakes up wise. Uh, it's a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Either learning from others, hopefully, uh, or your own. Yeah. So that's the only way in which I feel like it would be wasted on the young. Um, like the, the youth, because you run around, you're being stupid. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but for the elderly people, unless you're, unless you're wise and feel like you would have done better with, some mobile parts, some mm, flexible, yeah. you know, appendages. Um, I just think being young is young and old is old. Yeah, exactly. I, I just think more than anything, like, that's that's kind of just what that is. And you can always make excuses. If you're old and you're upset and you're like, I would have done this or that if I would just move. And it's like, brother, you didn't do that when you could move. <laughs> if I gave you the ability to move now, you wouldn't be doing yeah, that. Yeah, very you know? true. It's all the same. Yeah. And some people are, you see those 100-year-olds running 100-yard dashes and shit like that. You know, mm. some people just do this. Yeah, my dad is, I don't know exactly where this has come from, but there is a painting in the basement that I do want. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just this old, old tribesman, maybe in Africa or something like that, just just sitting around a fire with a bunch of little ones around. Mm -hmm. And he's very into this idea that the elderly people have to continue to speak to young people. Like that connection has to be made. And sometimes when you're young, you don't want to hear old ass people And sometimes I suppose when you're old, you don't want to fucking talk to yeah, young people because sure it thing. pisses you yeah. off that they don't care to listen mm-hmm. like, at all. And mm-hmm. you're just like, why am I even saying any of these things to you? Yeah. Right. Um, another fable is this owl. Owl's always been wise for some reason mm-hmm. in all these things. But uh, it's the owl has been in the forest with all these birds and every time something has come that is going to be something dangerous, some dangerous force to the birds, the owl tries to let them know, like, mm. hey, that's a human with a harpoon or mm. a fucking gun. Like, stay away from mm. them. They're going to be the death of you. Or yeah. this sort of plant, don't go over there and eat it. Like, mm. trust me, like, this is going to be the death of you. These are nets. You don't want to get caught mm. in one of these. 
in every one of those times, the birds have always just sort of laughed and like been like, oh, the owl thinks that he knows yeah. everything, whatever. And then they, you know, eventually go and get caught by nets and shot by the guns mm-hmm. and all these sort of things. And by the end of the story, the birds have sort of figured out that the owl kind of knew some shit this yeah, whole time. Yeah, sure and then it. now go to talk to the owl mm-hmm. and the owl no longer speaks. The owl yeah. no longer speaks. It just looks at the rest of its kind and sort of contemplates, contemplates them. That's all. Mm. Just, just looks at them. And that's, that's a story for your ass. Yeah. That's some shit right there. Yeah. When you need it, they don't want to talk. It's like, y'all didn't want to listen. Mm-hmm. Like I was speaking and yep. no one cared. Yep. Like now, now I just, now I don't care to try to divulge exactly. information now I'm just chilling. Now yeah. I'm just hanging out. Yeah. And that's such a metaphor, too, with life and, you know, parents. Think about all the shit my dad told me growing up. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And now I apply it to my life now. I'm like, oh, this is what he was trying to do. Or this is how he was. Yeah. My dad passed away a few years ago. And I'm like, just nowadays, like you said, when you want to talk to him, they don't want to talk. And now where I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, oh, I just wish I could fucking call him and ask him, what, what would he do here? What would he do there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't talk, you know, it's just yep. life is like that. But now you have to channel back and be like, all right, what would he have done here? What yeah. did he try to tell me in this situation? Yeah, very so true. Interesting. Yeah, like what would he have done? Yeah, what would, yeah. Because sometimes their, their temperament is right for certain things mm-hmm. and then just, you know, just wrong for others. Like there's certain things that I oh, go yeah. to my dad for, for sure. Just to, just mm-hmm. to pick his brain and see yeah. like where his head is at with things. Because he can be very reasonable. And then you can be very unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, Sometimes yeah. you have to think of what's the opposite <laughs> they would have done. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, don't I want to handle this? Yeah, it's like do like do I want to scream at this <laughs> yeah, person? Yeah, yeah. And like, no, am I gonna call him a son of a bitch? No, not this time. Yeah, <laughs> I got uh, a friend of mine. Their parents were at a supermarket, I believe, and for whatever reason. They did. They don't like the manager of the store. They've never had a. Mm. They've never had a run in with this person. Just whatever they've seen from mm. them, whatever they heard, they just they have don't like the cut of his jib. They, right, it's yeah. just like an ick about mm-hmm. this person, mm-hmm. right? And the parents, they're they're buying, they're getting whatever their groceries are, and they go up to the front, and the mom tries to pay. And I think she's off maybe three, five cents because mm-hmm. one of the coins that she tried to give was Canadian. Mm. And the woman was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. Like, this is a Canadian coin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need five more cents. Yeah. And the mom went the fuck off mm. on her. She was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, you're going to make me try to pay five more cents. Like, yeah. you don't have five cents back there. Like, yeah. you can't just make the difference. And she was going crazy. And... These parents are like, and, and then the dad wrote, he followed this up by like writing a complaint to corporate oh God, about yeah. this woman that was clearly racist because <laughs> she wouldn't just like. She was trying to keep a register, right? It, yeah. And now the, the, my friend who's hearing the story from her parents, she, she, she's like laughing. She's like, mom. Did did you have five cents on you? Like, yeah. did you? Have, she was like, "Of course I had the money <laughs> on me," but that's not the fucking point. The yeah. point is this bitch yeah. is gonna. And she she was like crying, laughing, just like, 
those are my parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I just, they have no idea that they're crazy, mm-hmm. and that that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. That's but that's that's them. I I would never go to them for advice on things like this. Exactly. But there's so many other things. Exactly. That I need from them. Mm-hmm. It's just. Social cues is not one of them. Yeah, exactly. That's fascinating. And it's funny how you realize that stuff about your parents as you get older. Oh. You start to see yourself more and more in your parents or see the parts uh, of yeah. them in you. Yeah. 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 That's funny. And my hopefully, mom. Uh, hopefully make some recourse. Yeah. If, yeah. if possible. One of my core memories growing up would just always be <clears throat> my mom driving. And her just kind of like muttering to herself. Just all this shit that would like just ramble, you know. Her internal monologue, but it would just be external. And, you know, she'd get upset. She'd be cussing this person out in her head and da 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 And now I'll catch myself having this same type of internal monologue, like, as I'm driving or yeah. something. I'm like, oh, my God, I sound just like mom right now. You That's know? hilarious. Like, shit that you, and sometimes you morph into that as you get older and as you mm-hmm. unlock these next phases of life. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. Some of those things are just so deeply ingrained. Yeah, exactly. Just and then you're like, where in. did they pick that up? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, what, what, uh, what else you have going on today? What, like, what do you, what do you gotta, uh, like after this? Yeah. Oh, I got a meeting. I got a meeting at two 30, uh, with my, I'm just going to, it's a phone call. Um, we're enrolling my son in speech therapy. He talks, he's great vocabulary. Talks great. Talks like he has a Boston accent. It's the weirdest fucking thing ever. <laughs> I have no idea where this came from. But, uh, yeah, he'll be like, oh, Daddy, Daddy, let's get in the car. Where are the car keys, Daddy? I'm like, what the fuck? Daddy, let's take out the garbage. I'm like, dude. <laughs> um, Something about the AR. Yeah, the yeah. AR sounds like an age, all that yeah. stuff. Um, that's about it. And then oh, okay. Can, yeah, my wife is, uh, uh, we're getting the house painted, so my wife took the kids out of town for a couple of days so that okay. people can do all that, and I stayed home to work, so. Okay. And try to work a lot in the next few days. Okay, right on. Yeah. Well, uh, well, it's about that time, so let's yeah. go ahead and get you on over no, to this, that, that meeting. I appreciate it. This was awesome. This yeah. was nice. I really do appreciate your combo. energy. Thank you. You too, man. I, I love it. It's a good vibe. I feel like we're on the same wavelength on a lot of things. Very, cool. very, uh, as Mikey, Keon, and I have coined it, solid nigga activity. There we go. I like that. Happening. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Thank yeah. you very SNA. much. SNA. There we go. SNA, goddammit. What's Mikey doing? A million miles? And I was talking to Miss Robin the other day. Dude, the, uh, he's, 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 he's oh. just evolved. Sorry, time out. Take it back. This motherfucker getting NBA refs fired. Yes. When I heard that on the podcast, I was like, <laughs> you're just like, oh, what? You're just like, what is he? Because I to? knew the story. And then to find, I'm a big sports fan, so obviously I knew the story. And then to find out it's Mikey behind this, I was like, this is the least surprising thing you could have told me that this man is up to right now. It's, it's just, uh, I feel like he lives an amazingly fascinating life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think um, he's been one of these people that sees the world as very malleable, mm-hmm. and he just can't, that's yeah. that's the best way I can put it. You know what it is, though? It's an example of he controls what he can control, and then you just let yes. the rest go. Who, yeah. care, who cares what's going on out there? I got this six-foot-by-three-foot box of a human I can control. And let's run it from there. And that's you what know? he does. He just he's just running it. Yeah. He's no, just he's it. just seeing like what he can do. Yeah. And he just 
And he's really, his brain is beautifully wired towards pattern recognition. Mm. So he just, he's very easily acknowledging like what works, like what he has seen work Mm. in various things and how to map that onto something else. Exactly. And I think too, as we get older, like you, like you say, you've been on this kind of philosophical quest your whole life without even realizing it until recently. It's like we learn to control these superpowers yeah. that we have when we get older. So now he's learned to control the superpowers. So it's just like, yeah, what was it called when you go Super Saiyan? It's yes. just unlocked. Yeah, now, he was you know? just it was just chaos before. The way he yeah. puts it is like he was playing Grand Theft Auto, but before. He was just free roaming. Just beating the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah, 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 just yeah. free roaming. And then yeah. and then he decided, you know, let me start doing like the main missions yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's what he's doing. But some of these other things are side quests. Yeah. And he's and killing it. Killing the side quests yeah, that's too. awesome. So what is it, like seven hours to eight hours to roll that? Or how, how long? No, I go, it's 60 hours, right? Yeah. Something crazy. Yeah, he did like a seven-hour roll the other day and sent me sent us like the, me. the yeah. statistics. And he had burned like 6,500 calories. Doing it, it's I don't I don't understand any of the stuff that he does. He makes music on the side that he like he chops and screws stuff Uh in interesting ways, and he's doing work with the podcast Mm. for me as well. And he's raising a small child, and he works as an engineer. I don't know. He's got an engineer's mind. That's for sure. yeah, that's awesome. I ride my bike six, seven hours sometimes, but you take breaks. Some, you're not pedaling all the time. You're going downhill, but like a rower, you're just. Well, I guess he has to take some so that he can fuel. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he has to continue. That's the whole thing about endurance is just keep those calories sufficient. But that's why. Anyway, the good book that he recommends is called Endure. Endure. I forget. Okay, I, I forget the uh, yeah the the person's name now, but you'll be able to find it then. And I think reading books like that in anything by David Goggins unlock something in people's minds where now they just can't mm-hmm. stop trying to yeah. win yeah, yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. I uh I love David Goggins. I try not to the only thing I don't like he's big on negative self talk. Yeah. Try to get away from that. Yeah. Try not to call myself a pussy more than a couple of times a day. <laughs> right. Uh, right. But yeah, he will wake you up, dude. He'll be like, I got no cartilage in my knees. I just ran eight hundred miles. <laughs> and you can't wake up. <laughs> I'm like, you're right, David. I can I can set this alarm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Peace. Peace. Love you guys, man. Thank you for coming, man. That was awesome. I needed that. Fuck yeah.